0: Love Talk Radio.
1: <laughs> Everybody's got a price. Everybody's gonna pay. <laughs>
2: hey everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast.
3: Out in the Night Owl You're tuned in to WrestleTalk 657-383-1521 We'll be discussing WWE NXT Fucha Underground ROH Fantasy Wrestling And we'll have some of the best damn interviews For professional and independent wrestling That you've ever heard
4: And I'm Joe Lance Ladies and gentlemen Buckle your seatbelts keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Rest talk begins in 5 4
0: 3 2 1 enjoy the ride what is up, rest
5: talk
4: Family, how is everybody doing tonight, ladies and gentlemen? Oh my goodness, what a episode we have for you tonight. It is going to be absolutely amazing. We've got the high spot segment, the shooting shout segment, the rest of talk podcast, game show challenge, the fantasy wrestling segment, the snippets of truth. And if that's not enough, we have Kim Artlett, the promoter for Ignite Wrestling in Florida, and Nikita Brinsnikoff coming on, Who is been in the wrestling business for multiple years as a manager. Uh, he wrote a book. So it's going to be a great, great night. Uh, if you've decided to listen to us instead of watching uh, uh, NXT or... Absolutely amazing. We appreciate that. If you decided to watch us and then listen to us on the replay, we like that too. That's all right like too. So, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to do is grab whatever beverage that you've got, whether it's beer, wine, soda, water, whatever it is, pour it in your Retro Talk Podcast mug that you can get on RetroTalkPodcast.com. I'm sure everybody has one by now. Scientifically proven to make your beer taste better. It gets it colder, it makes it taste better. Absolutely amazing. And take a,
5: a, take a drink for the Best of Talk podcast with Joan Renee. Ah.
4: Scrum, Diddly, Umptuous.
5: All right, ladies and gentlemen, without any
4: further ado, let's go ahead and get the man to miss the legend, the night owl.
3: Que pasa, que pasa, que pasa, que pasa Loyal members of the WrestleTalk family We want to welcome you guys in for episode 268 of the show, man And we got a hell of a lineup, Jonesy I would appreciate you breaking it all down, man We are going to be talking to Nikita We are going to be talking to Kim But if you guys are watching NXT If you guys are watching AEW Or if you guys are excited about Journey Tomorrow, if you guys are excited about uh, XWE this weekend, whatever you guys are excited about in the world of pro wrestling in your area, especially on a local level, call in, participate, be a part of the show. We have promoters, wrestlers, ring announcers, commentators, referees. Call in at random on a regular basis. The Wrestle Talk podcast is not just for the fans. If you got something you want to show some love to and you want to support, or if you got something you want to, you know, get off your chest, the number is 657-383-1521. Again, that number is 657-383-1521. And you know what, Jonesy, before we go too far, man, allow me to give a couple of shout-outs. Shout-out to our boys over there at WrestleTech and uh Wrestling Fanatics on Facebook, always showing us a ton of love, uh sharing the word, spreading the gospel about the Wrestle Talk podcast. Also, allow me to thank our friends over at Combat Everything. It's me speaking to you and the Conspiracy Farm, Pat Milichich, USC Hall of Famer, Jay Hollywood. Um, Those guys have always shown us a tremendous amount of love, Jonesy, as you know. And, you know, a lot of our success has been attributed to emulating what those guys are doing. They're kind of our big brothers in a sense, and we love them dearly. And uh, last but not least, man, Rathbums and Graven Jonesy, I heard you kind of, you know, ask everybody to, to raise their glass and take a drink a little bit earlier. You know, the data is officially in, guys, and we have some percentages as far as how much better your beer is going to taste in a Wrestle Talk podcast mug, and it is 17.5%. Again, that's 17.5% better is how much better your beer is going to taste when you drink it out of. A Wrestle Talk Podcast mug, man. All that said, Jonesy, I'm ready. I'm I'm fired up for today's show, man. Did you have anything else you wanted to hit on before we paid a visit to our friend Carl Lewis?
4: Absolutely not. I am just sitting here drinking my coors, uh, banquet beer, and I am good to go.
3: All righty. Well, insert Timmy, you know what to do. Go ahead and queue up that drop as we ask everybody to respectfully remove their caps place their hands over their hearts as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth and that's America damn it oh
0: oh oh oh, oh Now. For the land of the free.
4: Oh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we don't want to take up any more time. We got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight in the high spot segment. So, Antoine Timmy, if you could please hit that high spots for me.
3: Earth rings, We have now taken over your radio. All
4: right, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the High spot segment. We would love to hear your thoughts on what is going on in professional wrestling. The, the number to call in is 657-383-1521. That's 657 383 two one. Oh my goodness, we got so much stuff that we wanted that we want to talk about. Um the one thing that I wanted to touch base on was recently Seth Rollins did a interview and in his interview he made the statement that when Kenny Omega is finally finished working the minor leagues he would love to to wrestle him at WrestleMania. So basically what, what he's saying is that he's not saying Kenny Kenny Omega is a bad wrestler. He's just saying that when he's tired of wrestling for the major for, for the minor leagues, to come to the WWE and wrestle him at WrestleMania, which I think that would be a absolutely amazing match. Um, you know, <sighs> Is there truth to what he was saying though? Is you know Kenny Omega wrestling for the minor leagues? Because yeah, you know New Japan Wrestling, pro wrestling is a great company. AEW is a great, great company. But are they putting out the 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 numbers and selling out the arenas that the WWE is? Uh, Renee, I wanted to know what your your thoughts were.
1: Oh, man,
3: absolutely, and I did want to go ahead and give everybody the heads up. In just a couple of minutes, we're actually going to be joined by a special guest, um, El Luchador. El Luchador is going to join us uh, as we bring you guys up to speed on all things Lucha Libre. Uh, he'll be on with us for about five minutes, in about five minutes, uh, as we get into a new edition of Lucha Lounge. Uh, again, hashtag Lucha Lounge, hashtag WrestleTalkCast, throughout all social media if you guys have any questions. Uh, but you know what, dude? Here's kind of where we have to start with this debate. Um, Do you believe that Kenny Omega is truly one of the top two wrestlers on the planet? Because when I saw that, and uh, if you guys follow us on social media, again, that's at WrestleTalkCast, you would have seen that we dropped that clip. It was at some sort of con, and a fan asked Seth Rollins how he felt about the possibility of one day facing... Kenny Omega, and Seth Rollins' response was, well, if he ever decides to leave the minor leagues, we can do it at WrestleMania. So clearly, Seth Rollins believes that Kenny Omega is well within his right to face him at a WrestleMania, but I personally disagree. I do not think that Kenny Omega is one of the top three wrestlers in the world right now, and a lot of people would dispute that. I'd love to hear from you if you think you got some. You, there's a reason that Kenny Omega deserves to be in the top five. Here's why I say it. Number one, tell me the last four- to five-star match Kenny Omega had that did not involve Okada. Because Okada has continued to have four- and five-star matches without Kenny Omega. But Kenny Omega has not had those matches without Okada. So if you're going to talk about the top five wrestlers on the planet right now, and I know this is very subjective, in my opinion, Kenny Omega isn't in it. I would start with, and not in any particular order, I would start with Seth Rollins, Nick Aldis, and shit, I'd even put Cody Rhodes in there against and higher than Kenny Omega. Yeah. So from my perception, maybe Seth Rollins does think that AEW is the minor leagues. Maybe there's some truth to it. I don't know, Jonesy. But what I can tell you is if Kenny Omega decided to leave the minor leagues, he doesn't deserve a match at WrestleMania. And between you and me, I'm not that in love with the shtick anyway. So maybe it's just because I'm not a Kenny Omega guy, but AEW is not the minor leagues. It's like saying your little brother's trash because you're five or six years older than him. If me and my brother were the same age, then we could compare each other and see who's really more talented. AEW A- is the six-year-old little brother trying to beat up and play basketball, whatever it is, against the 16-year-old brother. The six-year-old yeah. brother may one day be much better than the 16-year-old brother, but sheerly based on experience, the 16-year-old brother is going to win unless some sort of miracle happen. So I'm not buying any exactly. of this minor league stuff, bro. I'm not buying it. And if they're minor league, they're AAA because AEW is doing some dope shit right now. So that's how I feel about the yes. whole situation. I'm not taking the bait, and it's crazy to me because it's pretty much just Seth Rollins that's firing back. Nobody else in WWE seems to be spending a whole lot of time talking about AEW unless they're asked. And in his defense, in this particular clip, which we shared on our social, he was asked about it. But those are just my thoughts. It's, it's funny because we posted that video, and immediately a friend and listener of the show, Rick Olsen, was like, Seth Rollins is trash. And I was like, "All right, well, we might as well take the post down with that kind of insight, freaking genius." <laughs> you, you remember, uh, um, you remember nine thousand, bro? You remember nine thousand, Joe? Yeah. yeah, that Rick. I remember that, rich. that rich. He got a little salty at me. He got a little salty. He's like, "Oh, I didn't know you guys were that professional." I'm like, "Hey, bro, if you're gonna come with a take, give us context. Don't come on here like you're nine years old and just start calling everything trash. If you want the smoke." You know the number. Six five seven three eight three one five two one. We want to hear your opinions with context. Especially if it involves something like this, the situation between Kenny Omega and Seth Rollins. Those are my thoughts on it, Jonesy. What do you got on your mind tonight, man?
4: You know, I I I, I would definitely agree. Uh Kenny Omega is a great wrestler, but the thing about Kenny Omega is this and there's been a lot of people that have said this, Kenny Omega can't have a good match unless he has somebody that's there that that can make him look better than what he actually is. I've had a lot of people that have actually said that, and that's why Okada and him had such great matches because, you know, both wrestlers made both wrestlers look better than what they actually were. Uh, so, you know, absolutely 100 Per percent, and the funny thing is, is that whenever somebody from AEW says something about the WWE, you get these AEW fans that are are like going nuts, you know. Oh, it's the greatest thing! It's the greatest thing ever. When Cody Rhodes, when Cody Rhodes destroyed that the uh, throne, it was the greatest thing ever. When Chris Jericho, uh, you know, talk talked about the. uh Jack Hager and uh, the the WWE people saying it, it was was a stupid gimmick which in my opinion the people that gimmick was the most over that Jack Hager has ever been in his entire professional wrestling career and then you know Agreed. so it's like AEW AEW is always taking shots at the WWE but yet when Seth Rollins takes one shot Oh, my goodness. Seth Rollins forgot where he came from. He forgot where he came from. And I like, dude, give me a freaking break.
3: <laughs> yeah, I definitely think it's a little uh, ridiculous. And, and I'll tell you what, the feedback is starting to come in, even on tonight's show. And uh, I'm going to kind of read a tweet here real quick. And by the way, we do have an awesome tweet of the week this week. So hang on, guys. Right after the Lucha Lounge, uh, we'll give you guys this week's tweet of the week. But um, it says here, this is uh, Labor Plains, L-A-B-O-U-R-P-A-Y-N-Z on Twitter. It says, am I watching wrestling or gymnastics? Don't get me wrong. A lot of the stuff they're doing is cool. However, I feel it's way too over the top in such a short period of time. Hashtag AEW, hashtag AEW tag tournament. So, As a very direct contrast, Jonesy, to what we're seeing with power, a lot of people are already starting to make the assessment that AEW is maybe a little too flippy and not enough real. I don't know. I think they do a good job of balancing it out, considering who it is. But for me personally, I'm with this tweeter. I think there's just a little bit too much of that stuff going on, just a bit too much for us to take it overly seriously. Because you know what, NWA feels real. Tim Storm feels real to me. Kenny Omega, yes. Kenny Omega in a dark yes. match with Joey Janela does not. And by the way, I'm really proud yeah, of, of Joey. We can talk that. We can talk about that later because I think he's had a great week. But uh, what else, Jonesy? Are we ready to get into the Lucha Lounge or what?
4: Um, there was one other thing I wanted to get into the, before we get in into the uh, Lucha Lounge. And that is there is a WWE crit, uh Twitter account that is pushing for fans to stop doing the what chant. Uh and I don't know if it's gonna work. I don't know if it's Joe gonna the, make them Hey you you woke up a li- you broke up a little bit. Can
3: you can you repeat that again?
4: I said there is a Twitter account.
0: What? You're gonna What's bro- you're bro- what? What? What I knew what it. I knew it. What? <laughs> what? I don't go ahead. I don't
4: know I if it it's gonna I, work. I, 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 I don't know if it's I, I don't know if it's gonna work or not if it's gonna make them them <laughs> um, do it more. I don't think that they have an issue with them doing the what chant. I think that the issue is is there's people that have started doing the national anthem. People have started a what chant, you know, doing just a, a a regular promo. You know, it kind of get, takes away from the promo. Do I think that people are going to stop, stop doing it? Absolutely not. They're not going to stop doing the what chant. If anything, it's going to cause people to do it even more. Because it's like yep. a kid. If you tell a kid not to do something, they're gonna do it. <laughs> if you put a red button well, in I'll front of a what, kid bro. and say, "Don't push that red button," you can guarantee you that ninety-nine point ninety-nine percent of the kids—maybe not your kids, because your kids are all angels Renee, they are gonna hit that well, red thank
3: button. You. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, man. It, it, we call that old-fashioned parenting, man. You give you give them a whooping every day, twice a day, whether they need it or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but listen, bro. He, he, here's what here's what I wanted to say about that, bro. Um, the what chant uh was grew out of kind of nowhere, right? Uh, that Stone Cold promo that we all remember. Um, here's where mm-hmm. I do understand I understand the movement to a certain extent, Jonesy. I understand it because sometimes those chants come off as racist. Okay, you'll find that in many instances, when Shinsuke Nakamura, or the Kabuki Warriors, or Andrade Cienalmas, when they're they're making that that extra effort to try to actually cut a promo. By the way, thank you guys who are all watching live right now. Do me a favor, tap the thumbs up in the heart so we know you're here. Tell us where you're checking in from and share this broadcast. We want to hear from you. We want to see you active as you guys continue to support the Wrestle Talk Podcast. We 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 thank God for you guys every single day, every single day. I don't know if you guys know that, but we pray here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast, and we're always including the members of the Wrestle Talk family in our prayers, no matter what you're going through. But that's why I think some people, some people start to catch on to it. It happens more frequently, not exclusively, but it happens more frequently when it's somebody whose first language is not English. That's why I think it's a little bit disrespectful. Now, on that note, Josie, because I know we got to get into Lucha Lounge, you know what I find even more disrespectful than the what chant? You know what chant needs to go before the what chant? It's the CM Punk
4: Chat. This is awesome?
3: That chant. No, no, no. This is, I mean, you know, there's kids in the crowd, bro. You're going to get some of that. I'm talking about the adults, okay? The CM Punk Chat during matches, bro. Now, that is disrespectful to the mth degree. Because what's more disrespectful than me and you sitting here doing a show, and then somebody comes on and starts going, Stone Cold Podcast. Stone Cold Podcast. You get what I'm saying? Like, that is way more disrespectful to me than what, 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 like, by, by a mile. So if we're going to petition to get rid of anything, we need to get rid of the CM Punk chat because that chant happened during matches with talent that probably doesn't, never even wrestled against CM Punk. They might have not even been in the company or, or gotten to the he, he was long gone when they got there. And you have a match that isn't quite as entertaining as the fans would like, and what do they do, bro? They start with that shitty CM Punk chat. If there's anything I could get rid of in wrestling, especially nationally televised wrestling, it's that because that shows a sign of disrespect. You would never see that in Mexico. You never see that at AAA. You would never see that NJPW. But no, in the good old states, especially on the north side of this country, okay, you're gonna see a lot of that kind of disrespect. And honestly. I don't like it, Jonesy. I don't
5: like it one freaking bit.
4: Absolutely. I, I definitely, definitely, definitely um, agree. All right, so let's go ahead and get in the uh, – uh, let's go ahead and bring in Assad for his uh, his uh, Lucha segment. Uh, let's go ahead and get some uh, – music going real 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 quick well not some music Latino. but
0: here you go
4: <laughs> what's going wait, on son? how you doing wait wait a minute, minute. you break
6: Awesome man, I like it.
3: <laughs> yeah, me too, man. It's good stuff.
6: Good stuff. All right. Well, hey, um, just want to start off by saying, uh, of course, you guys were talking about um, Kenny Omega a few, several minutes ago, you know, we were. and um, yeah, there is something, there is something that everybody should know. What took place over the weekend in uh, down at AAA Lucha Libre. Of course, you know, there was a show at AAA Lucha Libre, Heroes Immortales 13, um, AEW superstar, Kenny Omega. He has become the brand new AAA Mega Champion. He defeated and ended the 420-day championship reign of Phoenix to become the new champion. Now, uh, recently, since this match took place... There have been some critics of his, obviously. They say that he should never have won that match. That it should have been somebody else that that would have ended Phoenix's reign as champion. You know? And, uh, well, you know, get this. I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe I'll see it on AEW, AEW Dynamite tonight. But Kenny Omega recently said that he plans to bring that AAA Mega Championship belt with him to AEW shows. Now, I don't know if this could be a lead-up to maybe a rematch with Phoenix at AEW's Full Gear Pay-Per-View in November. Or maybe we could see them fight have the rematch probably this weekend at uh, another AAA uh, Lucha Libre show called... Let me guess. It's called uh, Conquista Total. Yeah, Total, I guess. Conquista Total, 2019. And, well... I believe we'll probably see him defend that title at AEW's Full Gear Show. Because obviously I don't think he would want to step it, step foot in uh, Mexico City after what took place over the weekend.
3: Well, we all know how the fans down in Mexico City can be. And I'll tell you what, for everything we said about Kenny Omega, I think this is a good sign. And I haven't seen the match, so I'm not going to pretend like I know what happened. But a Ray Phoenix Kenny Omega match may be exactly what the doctor ordered. What do you think, Jonesy?
4: I would definitely agree. I I, I would definitely agree. Ray Phoenix versus Kenny Omega, maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe.
3: What else you got, for us? Yeah. What else you got, Lucha?
6: Well, speaking of which, you know, you know, now we've been talking about the. The big lucha lucha libre companies like AAA and CMLL. Now, what about the what about the smaller promotions in Mexico? You know, we got I got several. There's one promotion I want to talk about recently, and they are teaming up with uh, another new promotion called MLW. I think you I think you know this promotion quite well. They're called the Crash Lucha Libre, run by uh, Conan, I believe. Yeah, uh, absolutely.
3: They they do great stuff.
6: Yes, and recently on uh m l w programming, which is available on YouTube or b n sports if you have that channel, they've been pulling out great matches and shows on m l w fusion oh my gosh these these shows I've seen on YouTube are amazing they are just like like holy cow why why hasn't anybody noticed the crash lucha libre i mean you've seen i mean there was this um recently. The uh, Tijuana street fight between uh Joseph Samael from the Contra Unit taking on uh Salida Lorenzo's promotion Dorado's uh protege, uh superstar, Hijo de L- L.A. Park and obviously they they basically beat the hell of each other up until I guess the remaining members of Contra Unit beat beat the living crap out of uh Eho de LA Park and it was just a it was just the craziest match I've ever seen, you know? <laughs>
3: well, you know what? And, and I'll tell you what, Jonesy. You know, I heard the name mentioned. Uh, you you talked about Ijo de la Parca, and then you talked about Selena de la Renta. Obviously, Selena being a former guest of the Wrestling Talk podcast. Uh, one of the best up-and-coming managers in the game today, regardless of promotion. Uh, I do have to ask you about this, and thank you for sharing that, Luchador. What you mentioned, mm-hmm. La Parca, man, we all saw uh, earlier this week um, that La Parca was in a very, very serious incident uh, involving a toffee suicida uh, where he caused some significant damage to his neck. Can you give us an update on La Parca?
6: Uh, yes, absolutely. Actually, um, let's see here. According to the the reports I've read um, these last several days, La Parca suffered a neck and cervical fracture during, during that match. He had a match with uh, Rush, I believe, in Monterrey, Mexico. It was on, yeah. on Sunday night. And uh, he was rushed to the hospital, and I guess the match was called off. And um, the following morning, on on October 21st, 2019, uh, I guess they had a immediate neck surgery for uh, La Parca. And it turns out he's gonna be out of action for possibly three to six months. And uh, recently, I think it was I think it was early this morning, I believe he met he uh, wrote he he posted a Facebook post on his on his uh, Facebook page updating his fans about his neck surgery and his recovery for uh for the foreseeable future. Hopefully he returns uh to full health when he comes back. Well, let's, awesome. let's, let's
0: hope,
6: let's,
4: ahead, hope that LA, let's hope that, that LA Paul comes back with a uh, you know a speedy recovery. Now I do want to make it known that this is not the La Polka from WCW. This is a different L.A. Park. They're, they're, this yes, that's correct. It's not yes. La Polka from WCW.
6: That, that's absolutely correct. That, they're to- totally different uh, uh, Luchador's.
3: They are totally, and, uh, totally different. And, and you know what? Let me jump in here, Luchador, because we do have um, Nikita that is ready to come on here in just a matter of moments, and I know you're going to Hang on hold to listen to that interview Man the legendary manager of Nikita Koloff um, mm-hmm. It's going to be uh, or, or So sorry I'm getting a message here But anyway so we're going to get an opportunity To talk to him in just a matter of moments. moment But there was one more bit of news That um, that I know that you wanted to share With the WrestleTalk family And that is mm-hmm. involving uh, One of the most legendary mass wrestlers of all time And I'm talking about Rey Mysterio can you go ahead and share with us uh the news that you were able to uncover?
6: Yes, absolutely. I just found out uh just found out here here recently that WWE superstar and lucha libre legend Rey Mysterio he is going to be honored uh, by the by the Cauliflower Alley Club next year in April uh, 2020. He'll be the second luchador to receive The Lucha Libre Award. And of course, the first recipient for that award was last year. It was uh, Blue Demon Jr., another great Lucha Libre legend.
3: Wow. Jonesy, that is fantastic to think that even while he's still active in the game, Rey Mysterio is going to be recognized for his contributions to the world of pro wrestling as a Lucha Libre guy. Man, what are your thoughts on that? That's pretty awesome.
4: That is. That 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 is definitely, definitely awesome. Uh I I that, that's that that that's amazing. Congratulations to Vane the Studio.
3: Dude, that is absolutely huge. Well you know what, Luchador, any parting shots? Uh we are just a couple of moments away from um Nikita Borisnikov joining us on the show for the very first time, bro. Uh is there anything else about the world of Lucha Libre that you wanted to share? With the members of the Wrestle Talk podcast.
6: Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And thank you. Um, tonight, following the, the Wrestle Talk podcast, if you have, you have Facebook Watch, obviously people do nowadays, uh, live and exclusive on we Facebook do. Watch, AAA Lucha Libre presents uh, Lucha Capital from this, from Mexico City, Mexico, and it will be mostly like a six-man tag team matches. And and uh several other several other singles matches, I believe. But it's gonna be starting live at nine o'clock PM uh local time.
3: Wow. Absolutely okay. wonderful information. And you know what, Lucha, before we let you go, there's one last thing that we're gonna share with you because you are such a lucha libre aficionado. The Wrestle Talk Podcast has been officially invited to join The Impact press conference tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, meaning either myself or Nightmare Jones will be on the media call with Taya Valkyrie and Brian Cage. So if Mm -hmm. you guys love Lucha Libre, make sure you stay locked into the WrestleTalkPodcast.com. We're going to be sharing a little bit more uh, of what we're going to be doing during that media call. I don't know if you guys remember a couple of months ago, yours truly had an opportunity to interview the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers, Jeannie Buss, who also owns WOW Women of Wrestling. So either myself or Nightmare Jones will be there. We'll try to record the conversation, and we're going to drop it on the YouTube channel sometime next week. Luchador, what do you think about that, man? Wrestle Talk Podcast, doing business with Impact Wrestling, that's got to get you fired up, brother.
6: Oh hell yeah, man, that is awesome. I can't believe that. Shoot. You know,
3: oh, you know what would also be, Yeah. You
6: know what would also be greater, man? If um if you guys could pull the strings on Impact Wrestling, maybe we could have a show here in good old Kansas City, Missouri again. 'Cause it's been almost it's been almost uh <laughs> almost ten or fifteen years since I seen Impact Wrestling here in Kansas City.
3: It's been too long since Impact's come to KC. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Luchador, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, interesting to me. Can I get that Mexican yell one more time for the second ever edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Lucha Lounge? Luchador, thank you, brother. Have a good night. Thank you. <laughs>
4: Awesome, thank you, sir. All right, Renee, if if you don't mind, I will go ahead and do the uh, the the honors of uh, of bringing on our first featured guest of the evening. Do you mind, sir?
3: Oh, absolutely not, dude. Absolutely not. You go right ahead.
4: All right, so ladies and gentlemen, it's our honor to bring on a lady that has been a longtime professional wrestling fan. She decided to start the wrestling promotion Ignite Wrestling four years ago in Florida. And since 2016, they've been putting on events across Treasure Coast and Florida. They've had multiple great matches. Their next show, I believe, is going to be in January. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to you Kim, Kim, how's it going?
7: It's going great. How are you guys doing tonight? I love that luchador segment because
4: I am such a Ray Phoenix fan.
0: Oh, that is awesome. Us too, Kim. Us too.
4: <laughs> that is is awesome. So, you've been a, a long time wrestling fan. Can you tell us about growing up watching professional wrestling?
7: Um, I saw my first live match probably in '69. That's giving me a wow. little Yeah, how old I am. Uh, I grew up in <laughs> Pittsburgh, uh, I'm from West Virginia. Grew up at, up uh-huh. near Pittsburgh, so uh I'm a huge Bruno San Martino, Stan Hansen, Ivan Putsky, the Sheik. The I uh, I'm the classic seventies. All of those guys. That's what I grew up on.
4: Nice. I, I I'm I grew up in in the the uh, eighties, the so by that time, you know, they they, they they were still around but by that time it was Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man and um, so you decided four years ago to uh, start up the wrestling promotion, Ignite Wrestling. Uh, what made you want to go from being a wrestling fan to being a a a owner of a company?
7: Kind of two reasons. One, there where I, actually where I live, there's nothing quite like this in this area, and some of the companies I'd seen down here were. Uh, kind of on their way out. Um, I just felt that if it was done correctly, it could really be huge down here.
4: Absolutely, and and everything that that I've seen, it 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 it, it is one of of the best prom- promotions in uh, Florida. There's been a lot of great wrestlers. Uh, you know, even some some of the wrestlers that, that Renee knows, the Jim Nancy boys have been there, uh uh you know, the the uh there's, there's so many wrestlers that, that have wrestled all over the place that have wrestled there. Uh, you know, uh Kennedy Brink, who is a a a referee for the WWE, his wrestler for Ignite uh, uh, uh wrestling. How does it make you feel when, when you see wrestlers that wrestle for you guys, wrestling for like the WWE or AEW.
7: I am super proud of these guys. They are such hard workers and they put so much effort out like Leo Rush and Lindsay Dorado, Danny Burch, um, mm-hmm. Santana Garrett. They've all gone up to the WWE and I am so proud of these guys um, because uh they worked for it, and they really put the, the work
4: in to get there. Absolutely. Um, I don't want to take up all of the time, because I know that my co-host has been chopping at the bit. So, when you want, you you stop on in and with whatever questions that you have? All uh,
3: right, you got it. Uh, Kim, as always, uh, we know you're super-duper busy, uh, you know, holding it down for one of the hottest promotions in the country. So, thank you for making time for us. Um. I imagine life's been a bit of a whirlwind since January 2016. Uh, you said that you stepped in to try to revitalize wrestling in the area. Uh, you're talking to a guy. You're talking uh, to a guy who actually is uh, a former resident of uh, South Florida. Uh, so I know that when I was growing up, there wasn't that much out there um, in, the, in, in terms of independent professional wrestling, and I'm glad. Um, that, that people like you have taken it upon yourselves to try to revitalize it. I know there's a buddy down in Miami. I think his name is Jim Balcone. He does a lot of media uh, for professional wrestling down in the South Florida area, and we're always grateful for him to keep us in the loop. Um, but obviously your story is a little bit different than most others because we hear a lot of stories about women in wrestling as competitors, but hardly do we ever about, hear about women in wrestling as owners and promoters. I guess right off the jump, I gotta ask you: What are some of the stories of adversity that you faced in these last, let's just say, three or four years since uh, taking over and really revitalize, uh, revitalizing in night wrestling?
7: Well, I had a, I had one guy that um, wanted me to uh, be a good little girl and go sit in the concession stand or sell the tickets at the door and let the guys run the show. And, uh mm. yeah he has nothing to do with my company <laughs> uh <laughs> I, I mean i' I've, i I've, I've, I've heard it all um you know i I actually just did a tedx talk this Saturday and and talking about the, the same thing and there's a lot of people that think unless you have wrestled or and uh, you have no business in it or only ring veterans should be promoters and I don't get that because rep Being a wrestling promoter is an event planner. It is social media management. It is marketing. It is advertising. It is merchandise. It is so many things that go into it. And a lot of these people think, and this is why I've seen 13 companies fail in Florida in four years, it's more than calling your buddies, slapping a ring up in a a pool hall, and putting some posters on a couple telephone poles. It is a 24-7 job, and they just don't get that part.
3: Wow. I don't think I could have said it any better myself. I've, I've taken a crack at running a couple of shows. Uh, I did it in early 2017, Uh actually sorry, early 2018, and I can tell you as a minority it was definitely a challenge, uh, an uphill battle, uh, but it was totally worth it. And, and so I, I'm guessing that now when you do those TEDx talks, um, you use some of those things that you dealt with, in, 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 you know, in terms of adversity as, in a, uh, as fuel to inspire uh, the next generation of entrepreneurs. Do you consider yourself to be a wrestling promoter more, or do you consider yourself to be more of an entrepreneur?
7: I'm both. Uh, I, I'm not one more one than the other, uh, because I, I actually do all the video editing. I do the graphics. I do all the networking. I'm the I'm the face of it. So um, I wear so many hats in it that I really can't separate it out. But you know, I I do believe uh, that we need to stop letting people tell us what we can and can't do based on our age. Because uh, I'm 55, so I was 52 when I started this. Uh, on your gender and you know on your experience, because. Um, there's so much more to, as, as you've found out, there's a whole lot more to putting on a show than what people realize. Oh, to dear joy, goodness. It. I was
3: going to ask you, it. how do you get any sleep? <laughs> I ran <read> two <laughs> shows and, and lost a piece of my hair. That's why I wear a hat well, every that's... show now. I, I just wonder how you even <laughs> get any sleep, Jim. <laughs> um,
7: I, have, I have an excellent booker. Um, I originally was the booker, and it just got to be. Too much and trying to watch the locker room and trying to do everything. But I was fortunate. When I started, I had Lindsay Dorado and Aaron Epic controlling my locker oh, room wow. for me. Uh, so, you know, I had – and Serpentico. Uh, I mean, I've got some amazing people in my locker room that are always in there. But, um, yeah, I, that's kind of why. I started out doing monthly shows, did that for about six months, went to bi-monthly. And now I only run every three to four months because um, it's better to do it and make it more of an event and and put on a more quality card than it is just to do it just for the sake of doing it.
3: Yeah, I I absolutely agree. I think uh, there's a lot of promotions out there running monthly, and kudos to them. Uh, But sometimes it's hard to build to the next big event if there's an event every single month. Uh, Jonesy, I have a few more questions, but I –
4: I'm going to go ahead and kick it back to you, sir. Uh, that was uh, – absolutely. Thank you. Um, So, when I was reading up on Ignite Wrestling, which you can watch just about every show that Ignite has put on on YouTube. Uh, that's
5: what Ignite, I did. Wrestling,
4: <laughs> Ignite Wrestling is one of only a handful of wrestling promotions that are official Twitch partners. Uh your show stream on Fire T V, Roku, nothing else on T V, Universal Fight Network, Fo Show and PowerSlam T V. Um, have you noticed like more viewership since you guys have started uh on all these platforms? Oh definitely. Um we have
7: right now, I believe, twenty thousand installs just on Roku. Um and we've been on Roku since the very beginning. We left Amazing. Roku for about six months and then came back and started from scratch. So, I mean, to, to go from we, we I think we had like ten thousand uh, switch providers and then restarted it. But uh, with Fire TV, we've been fortunate because uh, we we got in in with Pivot Share in the very beginning. Uh, they're Good. the ones that do Power Slam TV. And PivotShare has been excellent to us, and it's given us a, an excellent opportunity to collaborate with, like, Universal Fight Network, and we share our shows into, I think, with 28 other companies, and it streams into, I believe, last count was 90 countries that I counted the other day.
3: 90 countries? That is mm-hmm. amazing. Between the, yeah. the platforms, Yeah.
4: Wow, that is absolutely amazing. Just uh you know, uh, uh wow. Uh, so, um, you guys' next show, uh, it, it, it's uh, it's called Chaos. It's going to be on uh, J- January the eleventh, and this is your fourth anniversary. Uh, how does it feel to 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 be putting on your fourth anniversary show? I'm a little
7: cocky about it, to be honest, because a lot of people didn't think we'd make it four shows, let alone four years. But uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's—I it, it, don't think it's sunk in yet. I mean, I know it's four years, but I never—I—I didn't—I pictured it being lasting, but not—not not at the—not not where it's at right now.
4: So it's—it's it, kind of surreal right now. So I can can I can only imagine. Now my last question before I send it back to uh, Renee really doesn't have to do with with the pro wrestling, but you you had the extension the 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 pleasure of 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 doing a TED talks. How was it being doing the TED talks?
7: It, it was it was kind of funny because um, it's a TEDx. It was one of the lo- it was a local one in Doral Beach. I was the final speaker at the end of uh, of a five-hour event. So I got up there and just had a blast. And everybody's, like, expecting this serious talk. And it is so hard to be serious when you've got giant slides of guys flipping through the air behind you. So I had a blast.
0: Um, <laughs> uh,
7: I, I had a blast. And, you know, I normally don't do uh, – it wasn't – I wouldn't say comedy, but I I'm I have a wicked sense of humor, so I had some fun with it and let the audience have some fun. And uh, it was a bucket list. I wanted to do a TED talk now for about eight years, so getting to do one was a major bucket list for me.
4: Oh, I can I can only imagine. Uh, that sounds 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 awesome. Oh, but hey, why don't you come on? with anyway, whatever questions that uh, you have, so
3: Okay, and, and you know what? And I've been I've been kind of like being a little conservative here, um, just to start the interview, uh, because I, I, you know, I, I, our our goal is to always be super duper respectful. But since you said what you said, Tim, and you want to have a good time, I I want to see if we can pull one of those uh, um, oh so fun stories. From the road or the locker room or some sort of funny mishap or something, I'm sure after four years of doing this 24-7, somebody do the math on that, how many hours of work is that? Well, there's got to have been at least a couple of moments that you still chuckle about things that maybe surprised you when you got into the business. Uh, Maybe you walked into the the wrong locker room one day or something like that. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe that's a little bit out of left field. But do you have any interesting or fun stories that you can share with the listeners of Wrestle Talk Podcast? Because you have the ability to go everywhere. You're you're with the commentators. You're with the ring announcers. You're with the girls. You're with the guys. You're with the refs. So you get to see uh, um, pro wrestling from a different perspective than anybody else in the world. Can you share with us maybe just one or or two of those fun stories?
7: Um. I'm trying to think what, uh, what I can say that I can say on the air.
3: <laughs> I, I, <laughs> and by the way, this yeah. internet radio. This is internet radio, so like, y- there's no restrictions here. You can say what you want to say, sis. Oh
0: fuck oh, yeah! <laughs> ah
3: hell yeah! There it is. <laughs> there's the heavy metal.
7: <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I had some fun, but what, what kind of? One of the things that's always cracked me up is because I go in and out of the locker room. Is um, is how 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 funny some of these younger guys are. The older guys don't really care. They're just changing, and, and these younger guys are so funny because I'll see them like diving behind tables and stuff, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> what do you think I'm gonna see that I haven't seen before. <laughs> but
3: you're like, trust you know, me, honey. You're, honey, I'm 55. There's nothing you could have, you could show me that I haven't seen before. <laughs>
7: We've, we've had some funny moments we, we have, we, we've we had wrestlers that you know we've had to, I've had a wrestler and I won't say who it is but I've had to say dude you need to put something on under your gear because when we look at the video and the photos that you look like a pendulum clock <laughs> <laughs> that's a swing that shouldn't be swinging in these photos was, oh my god oh my and, and what interaction we'll get from that I don't know but yeah, I've I've been fortunate to have a uh, John Cruz. Uh, I, I love John Cruz. But I, in the beginning, I never really gave John Cruz any direction because I trust John. He's Serpentico. and um, so you you never knew when he was going out there what he was going to do. I, I mean, I've seen this dude go out there take hats off of. Um, it was a, uh, uh, oh shoot, I forgot it. I just forgot her name, uh, Kaylee Hornberger. Uh, the one that used, the one that's um, the valet in NWA, the really big Amazon girl. He took
3: her hat oh, and wrestled tag team. Camille. Camille. Uh, Camille Kane. Camille Kane. Yeah, absolutely.
7: Yeah, Camille Kane. Uh, she came to watch the show. Um, and so she's sitting there with his adorable little hat on. He wrestled the entire match wearing the hat, never lost the hat. But I mean, just I mean these these guys were just so goofy uh, and and so funny, and I never knew what I was going to see when I'd walk into the locker room or what they'd be saying or singing or and, and dancing, and you'd tell them don't walk on the tables and turn around, uh, you know. There they'd be on the tables. Uh, they, 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 it, it's it's like herding cats. I love these guys, but sometimes they try to see cat. if they can crack me up. Uh, and, and they're so they're so damn funny, um, you know. Because I've 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 had a lot of hysterically funny Mister 450, uh, Mecca Wolf. And you get you get Lince Dorado, Jay Rios, John Cruz, and Mecca Wolf in a locker room together with Danny Birch. You, you know, just run. <laughs> <laughs> <It's 'cause
0: mayhem. laughs> I, I would
7: mi- I would mi- I was missing most of the show because I was like, they there laughing so hard at these guys. And the stories they tell, but yeah, I I wouldn't wait yeah. a minute. I love I, I love dream I job. love these guys, but uh, dream, you know, dream they, I mean, you you always have a good time. You don't want it to end, and you get to the final match, and you're like, oh crap! <laughs> now I got to wait a couple months to see you guys again.
3: Well, and, and you know what? I want to say this before I ask my next question. Uh, I, I, and I've seen it and heard it, and I know like you're probably pretty active on social the way that we are because we've got things to promote, right, Kim, so we can relate at least on that. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
3: A lot of guys have this perception that fans don't understand the sport well enough to be able to be successful in it. And I think what's lost is that, the guys themselves are fans, and I think maybe in some cases that's forgotten because you wouldn't have gone to go train if you weren't a fan to begin with. You know, I heard of um, – I live here in Kansas City. Uh, Joe's out in West Virginia. He's out in Martinsburg. So you guys might have actually been neighbors at some point. Um, <laughs> but there was a football player here for the Chiefs that said uh, – made a comment, something about, well, you know, that's how the fans see it, but us as players, we see things differently. And, yes, I understand that to a certain extent, but when you're so dedicated to something, I'm sure that you spend just as much or maybe even more time working on professional wrestling than a lot of the people on your roster. So I I want people to take that away from this interview. When you're talking to somebody like Kim, this woman probably goes to sleep thinking about pro wrestling, wakes up thinking about pro wrestling, and then squeezes her family in in between somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and listen, and if I'm not painting that picture correctly, please correct me, but I just, I'm just i saying it so that people understand if you have a love and a passion for something and you're willing to do the work, it doesn't matter if you were the janitor, it doesn't matter if you were a fan in the first row or on the last row. If you want to be in this business, you can be in this business. Just make sure your your word means something. And, and I'm sure, Ken, you can attest to this. If you make a commitment to somebody, particularly like, uh, I know Ignite brings a lot of amazing female talent in. You make a commitment to these girls and say, hey, this is going to be the best, most comfortable locker room you've ever worked in, then it's got to be that way. Your word has to mean something. And and I'd like to know if, if there's any truth to that. Do you agree with, uh, with my sentiments?
7: Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, that's the one thing I am happy that I always hear that we have a very chill, fun locker room. But uh, you know, uh, I was once told if you're going to do this, don't t- don't don't dip your toe in the water. Get the hell in it. And um and that was that was actually Teddy Long that told me that. Don't ever do don't oh, ever wow. be a promoter halfway. Um I the first show we ever did, Teddy came Teddy came along with a bunch of wrestlers and just showed up and said, Hey, can I have a table? And I'm like, hey, You're Teddy Long. <laughs>
0: Yes, you yes
7: sir. <laughs> uh, and then I actually booked him and he came back, but I'll tell you what, uh having somebody like Teddy Long sat and walked through how are you going to do this? What what are you planning on doing? You know, tw- twice I got to talk to him the first 3 months that I was a promoter um was the best drug I ever took. <laughs> you
3: know,
7: wow. Just, it was it was just uh you know, I loved him, I looked up to him and then to have him go, "Hey, here's my phone number. You ever have a question, you just call me up."
3: You're you're living my dream, Kim. You're living <laughs> <laughs> Josie. You're living my dream, I tell you. Joe, Joe, why don't you jump in here with uh, uh with another question, man, uh, cuz I definitely do want to be respectful of of Kim's time.
4: Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Um, I, I would guess that my last question before we uh, take it to the um, shoot and shout segment is uh, what do you hope that the fans get out of watching a Ignite Wrestling show? At the end of the night, what do you hope that the fans get out of it?
7: I want them to have an unforgettable experience that they want to share with others.
4: Good answer, absolutely. I, I think that's just about what every other, what every pro- promoter would, would want is is for them that is for the I fans disagree. that have the best. Experience.
3: Joe, I, Joe, you know how this show is. I disagree with you. I think that there are <laughs> okay. people, and I've met them that run these shows just so they can hang out with the wrestlers. And I don't blame wow. them because wrestlers are very, very cool people. But there are some that want to do that, and that also really care about that family that spent that fifty-five, sixty dollars—the only fifty-five or sixty dollars that they might have had free that whole month—they spent it to go to your show. And I think, as promoters, uh, and as, as as promoters from from a wrestling promotion stance, and then people who love pro wrestling and love to promote pro wrestling, I think that there needs to be more people like him that not only care about having a good time with the boys in the back, but you'll notice when we started off this interview, the first thing she said was the fans. That's who makes this possible. Some people didn't think we were going to last four shows. Now we're here four years. Why is that? Because of the fans. But I I get what you were saying, Joe. Maybe I'm taking what you said a little out of context, but I also want to make sure people take that away because the fans are the key to this whole deal. Wrestle Talk, Ignite Wrestling, and on up. It doesn't matter. That's what keeps this river floating, and it's the fans, and there's no question about it. I'm sorry, Joe. Please continue.
4: No, no, absolutely. I, I totally agree, 100 per per percent. Um, I right, we're gonna go ahead and get into the shoot and shout segment, Kim. And with this segment, this is your opportunity to. Uh, it's about 30 seconds to let everybody know what is getting on your nerves, whether it's professional wrestling, whether it's too much ale in a potato chip bag, what is, is getting on your nerves? Uh, Renee will go first, I'll go second, and then you can uh, go last. Uh, are you down to, to do the segment with us? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Angel Timmy, hit that music real quick. It's just one of those
3: I got a little bit of a special shoot and shout and it's a little it's a little self-deprecating so bear with me. Why is it that thir- at 35 and a half years old I still get acne occasionally, not all the time. Why Why Look, I haven't been a teenager in 20 years and then every once in a while I wake up with a big thing on my back or on my face. Or I mean, what's going on here? I thought that acne was a teenage thing. Do I need to go get some Clear Cell? I don't know. Does Clear Cell even sell stuff anymore? I don't know. I'm a '90s kid. All I'm saying is, why am I 35 with acne? This is embarrassing. That a lot of people have told me that I have a face for radio, and I'm starting to understand why. I'm 35. I have acne, and this is making me very upset. So if anybody has any recommendations, let me know. Uh, you know, some essential oils or something. I don't know. I need something. I know this isn't wrestling related at all, but why my 35 would act me? It makes me mad. Why? 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. Somebody take over because I'm done. I'm done.
4: All right. <laughs> so, my shooting shout has to do with the brand new WWE 2K20 wrestling game. And I do not understand. Why they would put out a game that has so many glitches that has so many things wrong with it, people paid a hundred dollars for the uh, special edition, and they can't even get the fiend until like for like three weeks like the the uh uh, uh original character uh towers you can't even use them yet they're not even up yet. It's just I don't understand why they would put out this game with so many bugs in it. It just drives me absolutely nuts. All right, Kim, it's your turn. Take it away.
7: <laughs> I was I was gonna say Ching. They did it for the money. All right, so my gripe is when people
3: fact. real facts
7: when people say to me, "Oh, I don't think my business would be a good match for your company," or uh, going with that one. one, oh uh, yeah, I don't think <laughs> you're our demographic. Hey, my, I got a demographic that spends money and is a family that that's going to come back for years. That's my demographic. <laughs> yeah, so, right,
0: yeah.
7: Exactly. It was
3: just, go ahead, please keep going, Kim. Keep please go. It just drove me in.
7: nuts. It just drove me nuts. I was talking to a guy. Um, uh, it was a local local publication. I don't think we're a fit. You're a fit for our readers. Really? I do an event that, that draws ages, ages six to, six to eighty, and I'm not a fit with the How do you want?
4: Exactly.
3: Exactly. I do like, believe, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That, that That's
4: like every year we have a, a fail in my area and Every year I try to get professional wrestling. Every single year, and every year I'm told that think think that that it, it's it's going to be big enough. We don't think too many that enough people will will be interested in it. And I'm like, it's professional wrestling. Professional wrestling and fails literally go together. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's just, it's they, they do. For, for those that don't know their history, wrestling and fairs and carnivals go together like peanut butter and jelly. But you know what? This one from all three of us goes out to potential sponsors that are missing out on tons of money. Because what are we asking for, guys? We're asking for $150, $200 a show, depending on what level you're at. Hey, sponsor us. We'll put your banner up. We'll put you in a good seat. We'll send people to your business after the show for $150, $200. I think this goes from Nightmare Jones to the Night Owl uh, uh to Kim uh, from Ignite Wrestling. This goes out to you guys. Take that. Take this right here. My goodness! What an absolutely tremendous and fun interview, Kim. We knew and we'd heard they he had a great personality and they had an amazing mind for business. Those two things have come to fruition and proven themselves over the last four years, and then once again tonight, right here on episode 269 of the Wrestle Talk podcast, we we ask for forgiveness for shenanigans, but hope that you appreciate our fun, love, and style. And uh, we'd love to welcome you as the newest member of the Wrestle Talk family.
7: Oh, thanks, guys. want to hear something ironic. You guys will get a kick out of it. Absolutely. I had a talk radio yes. show. Do you know what it was called? No. It was called no. The Ruffle Talk.
0: <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah.
7: The boy. year before I started Ignite, I had a talk radio show on iHeart and Livestream. It was called The Ruffle Talk. <laughs> and I gave it up to Focus I, I I shut it down to focus more on Ignite, but yeah, that was that was my uh, radio show. The WrestleTalk. talk. So, right, so are
3: simple. there uh, still episodes out there? Are there still episodes uh, out there that we can listen
7: to? I think there might be one uh, on a live stream. The one that I I I, I interviewed George the Animal still, and and they deleted it when I left the radio station, and I was devastated because it was George the Animal still, and he's dead now. But it was the most oh, fun. He did, half the interview. he did half the interview as George Animal Steel and he did half the interview as Jim Mayers. It was so wow. much fun. Wow.
3: Okay, so you got to send us wow. a link to that, Kim, because we'll share it and we'll watch it. We promise.
7: If I can find it. But, uh, yeah, that... that
3: Wonderful!
7: I I was, so, uh, ironically <laughs> funny that, that that was the name of my radio show.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it
0: is. Well,
4: it, well, it is. is. It is. Well, Kim, we, we definitely appreciate you uh, coming on. Uh, can you give us a little bit of information about the next Ignite show and your social media before we, we let you go?
7: Uh, January 11th, we're back. Chaos, Walking Tree Brewery, Vero Beach, Florida. Um, it is going to be uh, uh, Eric Stevens, former Ring of Honor star, will be there. Sir Penico, um it's just going to be a lot of fun, and I'm going to have some nice hoss wrestling because things that apparently guys really like uh, and girls really like those big guys wrestling. And uh, we are at Ignite Wrestling on YouTube, so uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, every channel you can
4: think of, find us. We're out there at Ignite Wrestling. Awesome. All right, Kim, well, thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, busy schedule. Is there anything else that you wanted to say, Renee, before we we let Kim go?
3: I I do want to say one other thing. Number one, I love Hoss Wrestling. There needs to be more of it. And number two, ladies and gentlemen, in case you missed what she said, she said Aaron Stevens will be there. Uh, That guy was on TV yesterday at NWA Power. You guys might remember him. He was that guy that used to follow the Miz around. What was his name? Oh, that's right. Damian Sandow, formerly Damian Soundout. Aaron Stevens will be at Ignite Wrestling at, at Ignite Wrestling on all social media. Kim, thank you so much for being here, and we hope you won't be a stranger and you'll come back and join us again in the very near future.
7: I'd love to. Thanks, guys, so much for having me on. Awesome.
3: Oh,
4: thank
7: you, thank you, thank you.
3: All
4: right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Kim artlet the promoter for Ignite Wrestling in South Florida. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be back in 2 minutes and 20 seconds with the FWWC. <laughs>
3: what up night out nightmare jones what up wrestle talk fam do it for y'all check me out Kick in the door, wave in the 4 fall. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, because we got some more. Every Wednesday we're here, keeping it raw. Night out, Nightmare Jones, and all the best jest. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night
1: at the prom.
4: That's right, ladies and gentlemen. For the FWWC segment, uh... Uh, the uh, night out, he, I guess he's taking a break or whatnot. So, have no fear. Jonesy is here to take over the FWWC tonight. And tonight's going to be different from all the other FWWC It's going to be all about the world's greatest promotion, the world's greatest uh, stable in the FWWC La Familia, ran by the one and only, the greatest competitor in the FWWC of all time, El Mata. I don't have the night out coming in here and and kicking me off of my own show. So it's all going to be about life tonight. All right. So let me go ahead and bring in our first guest of the uh, night, uh Oh boy, this is gonna be fun. Looks like I get to talk to a idiot that I get to face on Friday. El Boog Boy Bo- Bo- D Kansas City. How are you, sir?
6: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on there, nightmare Jones. What are you calling boring, man? You and that you make a mockery of me with this so called so called new mask I see you I see you parade around recently. That's boring an idiot like you. What's up with that, man? Hey, I just
4: call it how I see it. You know, luckily, we don't have the night owl here to uh, uh, come in here and and, and put his input in, 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 into things. But I just call it how I see it. Whenever I see a El Luchador match, I instantly fall asleep. Your matches, you can literally take a compilation of your matches put them in the DVD, and sell them as a cure for insomnia.
0: <laughs>
6: yeah, right. Yeah, right. I don't think so. I'm going to prove it to you this Friday night, Nightmare Jones.
0: <laughs>
6: You're going to prove it to me this Friday night. Yeah,
4: because I'm going to put you to um, sleep. Sure mistaking...
6: go, make sure you go to sleep in the Casey Clutch to make you pass out in the middle of that <laughs> ring. How about that? Yeah, okay, Give well...
4: You're going to see what it's like. I I faced what we know who King Jirobe is, right? And I beat King Jirobe. So, so who says that I can't beat El Lucha Boy with DeTangia City? I know that I can. You know that I can. The fans know that I can. The, the 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 best thing for you to do on Friday is come into the ring, lay down. I'll put my foot on top of you. The referee will count one, two, three. You walk away, injured, free, and I walk away the the winner. I mean, regardless of what you decide to do, I'm still going to be walking away
6: the winner of the match, regardless. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. That could. <laughs> Not on my watch. Not in front of 18,000 screaming fans at the Sprint Center. I guarantee you this. My fans over there at the Sprint Center it's going to be so loud, you're probably going to get equilibrium during the match. I'll make sure to take advantage of that, pal. Ah. Uh, Alright.
4: Is there anything else you wanted to say before we let you go, sir?
6: Yeah, you can tell your you can tell your idiot idiot boss, El if he, he thinks he's going to lay a hand on that Warriors Heart Championship with his so-called creative control clause, he can stick it where it don't shine. So I'm definitely coming for that bell at Survivor Series, whether he likes it or not. So I've been busting my ass day in and day out ever since this, ever since SmackDown Live Challenge has moved to Friday night. I'm going to guarantee it this Friday night when I beat your ass in the middle of that ring. Other than that, I'll see you soon.
4: thank you for for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to the Rest of Talk podcast and put everybody to sleep. You have a very, very, very good night. I, I I'm sorry that everybody fell asleep, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it's just like I said, he could take a compilation of his matches, his interviews, and put them on a DVD and sell them as a tour for insomnia. 100%. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let me go ahead and bring in our next guest. And what a wonderful treat that that, that this is. And, and, you know, who would ever thought that I would, would say that hard, having Hardcore Sis on the podcast would be a wonderful treat? Hardcore Sis, would you ever think that was
8: ever going to happen? You know, no. In the nightmare, I never thought I'd ever hear you say that. And you know, every time I called in lately, uh, not you know, Night Owl has just been like really kind of gruff with me. And what really gets me uh-huh. is how he used to give you crap about being mean to me when when I called in, and now it's the opposite. You're really nice to me, and he's the one that's really rude to me. Exactly, well, I you tell know, you,
4: a lot of it has to to do with you being in law familiar you know you're 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 now you know my sister in the FWWC. Uh, so what I wanted to actually talk about tonight is uh, my tag team partner, the the gentleman Richard Priest, uh, announced his retirement from the FWWC, and he announced his two replacements for La Familia. The brick James Bucket, and Big T?
8: <laughs> please, are you for real, Big T? Mr. loses his temper at the drop of a hat and walks out? I mean, please, are you for real? I mean, we all know that Big T has this habit of taking his toys and going home. And then when everything is said and done and the war is over... He comes back and stands on the winning side and says, look what we did, yay, and wants to take most of the credit. When he's the one that left, you know, we don't need somebody like that in La Familia. What we need in La Familia is somebody like James the Brick Wall. I mean, he's already tag team partners with Haas. He's already kind of sort of like another little brother to me. So coming into La Familia and teaming up with me and Haas, would just be perfect. So James Butkus would be a far better choice than Big Turd, Big Temper Tantrum. I mean, let's be real. (laughs) But, I mean, you know, I'm not the only one who gets to have a say in this. So I guess, you know, it's not just my choice. I guess in the end it would be Mata's choice. But I'm sure even Mata has more sense than you know to let somebody in the group who's going to walk out on us say, when we needed him the most and go away and then come back later and say look what we did please
4: i i I would definitely 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 agree i just want to know think is going to come to his senses and finally join the FWWC like when is he finally going to come to his senses that the fans don't mean anything, and joining the FWW and joining La Familia is the way to go. When is Tank going to finally understand that?
8: You know, he was Tank. Now he's Tank 2.0. Obviously, Tank didn't work. That's why he had to be Tank 2.0. So when Tank 2.0 fails and he has to go back to being Tank, Maybe then he'll get the picture. His familia walked out on him. His familia has abandoned him. When he's ready to be a part of a real familia, he can come talk to us. And who knows? Maybe we'll even want him in there by then. Maybe we'd be willing to let him in, and we'll have his back in a way that the SPC never did.
4: (laughs) (laughs) The SPC. (laughs) You had to bring up the S P C, like, like that. That's the group where just about everybody left. Like, isn't Tank, like the last uh, standing member of the F, of the uh, steampunk collective?
0: No, if no, I'm no. S P C is Silly People's
8: Club. S P C is oh. Silly People's Club. Stupid People's Club. <laughs> Stupid
0: People's I'll Club. I tell you. And there you, you
8: know what was
4: was was funny the other day was was uh there there, there was a post backstage and uh, uh, Tank and and he was 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 going back and forth and then a gentleman that we haven't seen forever decided to make an appearance in one massacre and I know I, did I you hear that, him come
8: after Hardcore Sis? <laughs>
4: I guess he, is. he like he's talking about
8: coming back. Maybe I. Who knows? <laughs> uh. Massacre ain't got that much brains. He's he's not that smart. Come on now. I wish he's he'd like, come back. Hardcore sis wouldn't mind taking him down a few pegs.
4: I, I, I definitely agree. All right, Hardcore sis, is there anything else that you wanted to say before we let you go tonight?
8: You know, I was just calling in hoping I would have the chance to tell the Night Owl that I hope he has a good night. You know, I saw him last Friday backstage, and I even waved at him. Well, I mean, I gave him the La familiar wave, and he got a little hyper with me. And, well, I really hope that he calms down. I just want to say to you, Night Owl, if you can hear me, namaste, my friend. Namaste. You have
4: yourself namaste. a good night.
8: Namaste.
0: Oh, you
4: know, of course, yes. That's right, ladies and gentlemen of the FWWC. If you want to call in, please. The number is, is 657-383-1521. We would love to hear from you, especially if you're from the uh, group La Familia. Like, like, Only La Familia members are allowed to call in tonight to the FWWC. We don't want no tank rest books. We don't want no battle cats. We don't want no uh, lyrics, we don't want no enchantress, we don't want no saints, we only want members of the La Familia, because La Familia is the greatest group in the FWWC, whether you want to admit it or not, and this Friday, Nightmare Jones himself gets to prove once again that the old nightmare is back when he destroys that piece of garbage, that insanely boring, the mushmouth known as Eluchador D. Kansas City. So see, this has been a great, great, FWWC segment. No night owl in sight, the entire segment. Nothing but night mayor Jones. I would love to hear somebody call in from the FWWC. You still got a little bit of time. You still got about two minutes before uh Nikita Bresnikov calls call or calls in. So we would love to hear you. Six five seven 383-1521. You know, Tank could call in and, you know, and bore everybody, you know, like he usually does. Or you can have a saint who, I don't know what's, what's going on with this, uh, a saint, uh, who knows, Enchantress, Lilic, uh, you know, anybody. Anybody that wants to call in, six five seven three eight three one five. 383 two one um i guess we'll be waiting for some other people to call in and so Timmy, why don't you try to get some of these people to to call in to to the uh, uh show um yeah this WWE game oh my goodness what a catastrophe i i i, I seriously i don't know what they were thinking um the game has multiple multiple uh glitches in it. Uh people are, are posting about the, the glitches all over the place. The graphics on it is like they 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 took WWE 2K19 took the, the graphics and then downgraded them. Um it's just it's 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 absolutely insane. Um, People have been going on Twitter and started a a hashtag uh, I believe if I'm not mistaken it's hashtag fix WWE (laughs) 2K20. I mean it's
0: just
4: it's really really I mean but I will say it is a, a an enjoyable game. Still, you can still play the game. Uh, you know, you 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 can still do the career mode, which is pretty awesome. Uh, you, you you get to play as two characters. You can still do the WWE universe. You can still do uh, tournaments. You can still download wrestlers. Um, so, I mean, it, it's not. Bad, but it could be a lot, a lot, a lot better. Night out? Do we have you back yet? I know that you've been listening. I know that you're here. Do we have the night out back yet?
3: Yeah! Fire! That's right, Jonesy, you heard it. You heard that drop, and I cannot believe it took close to 30 minutes for the technical department of the WrestleTalk podcast to get me back on the air. I have not been this pissed off in a long time, and I'm glad that Kim Artliff isn't here to hear me go off on you, Nightmare Jones, because I'm sick and tired of this La Familia bullshit. Week after week, you guys creep around, taking shortcuts, trying to, to downplay and disrespect people, and then you wonder why they won't call in during this segment. As far as I'm concerned, from this point forward, we will have no FWWC segment. We will leave that exclusively for the FWWC tonight. You know why? Because enough is enough. I'm sick of this tug of war with El I'm sick and tired of you, Jonesy, thinking you can do whatever the hell you want when people don't respect you because you're a worm, you're a snake, you're a dirty, stinking rata in the words of your own boss. And the fact that you took that segment over and blocked, we had nine to ten callers ready to come on, but because you decided that nobody else could call in, what did we get? We got one La Familia caller and then one guy who you're facing that you had an opportunity to build up and help promote, but instead you made everyone believe that he was boring. Nightmare Jones, enough is enough. The time for playing is over. The Talk podcast has reached a certain level, and we cannot continue to have these shenanigans. So as far as I'm concerned, Moving forward, we're doing no FWWC segment because as soon as it starts, you turn into a prick. And I'm sick and tired of it. And you know what? I used to like Susie Haas. When she called in, it was always a good conversation. But the moment she decided to take that blood oath, the omerta, with La Familia Worldwide, she immediately became as annoying and, and as frustrating and as despicable as every single other member of La Familia Worldwide. I'm done. I'm over it. It's over. We're done. And I don't give a damn what anybody has to say about it. No more FWWC. That's it. That's it. Time is done. So if you want to rejoin the show, you're going to come back as the Nightmare Jones that I love and respect, that is this freaking prick, the the La Familia version of, of Nightmare Jones, because enough is enough. Enough is enough. Our airtime is valuable, and if you value it, you're gonna come back and act like a like a respectful human being, not, not as uh, uh, backstabbing, shortcut taking, uh, um, un, un untrainable. Uh, you guys are it's just uncom- uncomprehensible the nonsense that you guys pull on a day-in, day-out basis, and I'm done with it, period, point blank. So hopefully now we can get the show back on the road because we have an incredible second guest on hold. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting ready to move into the second interview segment of the evening in just a matter of moments. But allow me to remind everybody, that the Wrestle Talk podcast is powered by the Wrestle Talk family. And if you guys are excited to be here and support the show, we're going to ask you to please, 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 please take a moment to go over and visit WrestleTalkPodcast.com. We've got the Wrestle Talk podcast mugs available right now. If you want to add your name to it and customize it, it's only an additional five bucks. Hit us up at Wrestle Talk Podcast for more information. We're going to give Nightmare Jones just a, another second to kind of get himself together as we bring in our friend, Tank Westbrook. Tank, the SWWC segment is, is basically done, but I'm going to allow you to speak on it just briefly. And then moving on from that, I wanted to ask you about something else because this past week, we saw Kylie Ray make an appearance at Impact Wrestling after there was a lot of assumptions that she had retired after asking for release from AEW. And then we also heard from Taz as a fill-in commentator for Jim Ross at AEW. So feel free to comment on any of those things or anything you heard earlier on in the show. But I do obviously want to give you the opportunity to comment, first and foremost, on the FWWC. Tank Westbrook, what's on your mind tonight for night episode out. 269 night of the Talk podcast?
1: Night out, night out, night out. How you doing tonight, sir?
3: Man, I'm not good, man. I'm not good. I, they, they put me in a place, Tank, where I no longer even want to do that segment anymore because it's turned into just, just an embarrassment. I mean, people don't even want to call you're not in ask because Jones, People don't even want to call in anymore because of this La Familia shenanigans. I'm sick of it.
4: You're, you're not going to ask how I am? No why one would I? No crap
1: about why, why would I want no, to know you? about a La Familia member? Why would I want to no know cares. when somebody pushes their authority around, Why? why would I ask about what they're doing? When they are... Purposely hurting The feelings of a good True friend That night owl you I'm see? very
3: upset I'm very upset
1: Well night owl I'm sorry about that And a couple of wires if you want when, when the podcast is done hit me up While maybe we can go out for some drinks And uh you know just talk about things If you want just give me a shout That'd be
3: nice That'd be really nice
1: But what I want to talk about If you don't mind I'm going to steal a little bit of time is about the blue brand You see the blue brand I, Well At first I was on the red brand As of last year And I made sure that you know the red brand was Respected and I made sure that we did What we had to do to make sure we That we would win the brand battle Now that I'm on the other fence I'm on the blue brand I have seen the the Lines and how everything Works on both brands We're coming down to the nitty-gritty to almost the very end of year two of the brand battle. Now, I represent the blue brand. I am the FWWC Heavyweight Champion, which is the top champion on that brand. And I am going to tell you this. I am calling out every single superstar on the blue brand that we need to get our stuff together. We need to act together as a team and make sure that we finish this out together and to make us the superior brand. Now, there are people like Nightmare Jones. Yes, unfortunately, he's on Blue Brain. He's even made it his statement that he's going to try to terrorize the Blue Brain within. And that's fine. If he wants to try to terrorize, but I'm going to tell you this, I'm not going to stand for it, and I'm not going to go down. I'm not going to lie down and let him try to terrorize it. So if he wants to act like that, that's perfectly fine. But know that I will not give up. I will make sure that the Blue Brain is superior at the end of this year.
3: Well, Tank, I really do appreciate those sentiments, man, and, and we'd love to get your thoughts on some of the other stuff that we discussed tonight, but we are up against the time, and we do have to move on. So I want to go ahead and thank everybody uh, that, that survived is <laughs> the best way that I can describe it. Everybody that just survived the fWwc segment tonight, It just went to a place where I don't think it should have ever gone. I wish I would have been consulted and talked to before this decision was made to mute me for 25 minutes and just allow it to become a a, a La Familia circle jerk. I mean, that's basically what it became, the same stuff that the Steampunk Collective used to be accused of, is exactly what you created. And guess what? Only one person out of the 15- or 20-person group that you call La Familia decided to show up. So, Nightmare Jones, well done. Mission accomplished. You basically dropped the rating single-handedly. So, good job by you, sir. Very good job, if that's what you were looking to accomplish. But you know what? Because I care about the WrestleTalk family so much, and and I care about everything we've done here, over 269 episodes, we're going to go ahead and move this into a much more positive direction with our second featured interview of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. Now, as you know, Jonesy and I grew up as fans of pro wrestling in the late 70s, 80s, and, of course, the 90s. And there are a couple of guys that helped make that possible. And those characters, those workers, those performers are the reason that guys like us dedicate so much time to talking about professional wrestling because they made us believe. You see, guys, Back when it was real, okay, you would love or hate whoever you loved or hated passionately. There was no like, oh, I wish this guy would get booked here and, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 all the stuff that's going on backstage. No, it was about what was going on in the ring and immediately outside the ring, and nothing else mattered. And there's a guy that took the time to actually take pen and paper to this. And this gentleman's name, is Nikita. Nikita is a legend of a pro wrestling game, no matter how you slice it. And you know what? One of the guys who understands the lost art of management, because in today's environment, everybody can get themselves over, right? Not. No. Managers are there to do the dirty work for the top performers in professional wrestling. And gosh darn it, I wish this guy would have a seminar on how to manage top talent at the highest level in the professional wrestling business. Ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna cue some music as we welcome in a highly anticipated guest. Ladies and gentlemen, a true legend of the professional wrestling business, a mastermind of the golden era. That's right, folks. I'm talking about Nikita Barisnikov.
2: Ah.
0: Beautiful. Thank
5: Nikita,
2: you so much, guys. How's it
4: going, sir? How are you? I'm tonight? doing
2: great. I am happy Dad. to be here, and this is. Perfect time of the year to be here. We're talking about wrestling, and it's like uh, Halloween time. So some of the things I see today, it looks like Halloween, you know?
3: <laughs> I was, Go ahead, Joe. Why don't you give bro?
4: <laughs> I would definitely agree. Okay, so um, I guess one thing I wanted to start off is uh, – You grew up in the era of not the WWE, not even the WWF, but the WWWF under the guidance of professional wrestling promoter Vince McMahon Sr. What was it like to watch WWF, WWWF at that time before it even became the WWF?
2: Well, see, what you have to understand both Joe and Renee, it mattered. We believed. Yeah, people always told us, you know, it was this, it was that. We didn't want to hear the bullshit. It did not matter. Mm-hmm. It was like I called true fiction because you could believe it. The things that they did in the ring, you got hit with a chair, boom, it's done, just like it would be. If somebody took a chair and hit you in the damn head with it, you ain't going to get up, okay? That's the end of it. Today, they do all this other goofy shit. They hit with this. They hit with that. Everybody is Superman. It's like, no. In those days, it was like a legitimate style. You could get a headlock on a guy. It it wasn't as bad as, say, like in the 50s, where the headlock would go 20 minutes, something like that. Yeah, it, it may be hard to take. But it was wrestling. And, again, it was something you could believe in. And when we had heroes like Bruno San Martino, and Chief J. Strongbow, and Pedro Morales, God rest his soul, who just passed away. They were like family. Then later it would be Bob Backer. You hurt them. You messing with our family, son of a bitch. And we waited outside for these guys, these heels, to leave. And we hit them with everything we could pick up and throw, their vehicles. And it was like, because it mattered. And that's why the book I wrote is called When It Was Real, because – we looked at it like it was real.
6: Absolutely.
4: Um I, I, I totally, totally agree and see where you're coming from. See, I came from the WWF era and when I was a kid, you know, they they would do things and you believed that it was was real. When they would do things, you believed that that it was was absolutely real. You know, K Fabe was was still around back 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 then and I feel that that at this time that there is no no K Fabe. Everybody knows that all the the wrestlers are are friends, but back then if you went to a wrestling show you didn't see uh you know enemies riding to, together in the 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 same car that you do now. No. it's totally different.
2: No, absolutely not. And I'll tell you, even as late as it was a show, December the 12th of 1999, it was a local Dennis Carluzzo, another great indie promoter. God rest his soul, he's left us. He, was, uh, he carried the NWA flag for a time. He put on a show in Baltimore. Tito Santana came down with Bob Backlund. But because Bob was doing the Mr. Backlund gimmick at that time, he dropped Tito off like maybe three or four blocks. And then, you know, Backlund came in And then Tito followed himself later And it was like, yeah, you live that Because that so was terrible. the mystique Now, how could you do it today, though? With the internet uh, That's why, you know, half the time You got some of the boys telling the shit What's going to happen Before they even, uh, anybody else knows what's going on It's like, well, what the hell do you call that? That's no respect You just nope. shit on everything and everybody, man Come on but, yeah, you can't do that. And that's why, too, it was innocent at that time. There was no internet. There was no cable. And New York had cable, But, the, like, mid-late 70s, we didn't have it where I grew up in Baltimore. It just wasn't available. Not that it was going to bring us, you know, Madison Square Garden matches or anything like that. They made it off of what they did one hour of television every week. Not today where you got. See, here's another quick difference. Back then, in the 70s, TV was the advertisement for the live shows, where now the live shows are the entertain, or the ads for the cable, which is television, basically. So it's like exactly. it pay-per-views, whatever you want to call them, all that same stuff. So it's like <clears throat> all we had after you get done with the commercials and the promos was probably 42 minutes of wrestling. They sold mm-hmm. us in the arenas. That's how you got your character over. And I'll tell you what, you talk about a guy like Johnny Rods. you know, people that don't know which end is up, they'll say, "Ah, well, he never won a match. Well, he wasn't supposed to, idiot. His job was to go out, get the crowd warmed up. That's why he's a superstar. That's why he's in the Hall of Fame. He didn't walk around and say, "I'm gonna call my mother. They didn't let me win tonight. Oh man, yeah, I'm gonna do no. <laughs> oh, well, I'm good. I could do. I could be champion. No, my job is to go out, put people, get them, get the crowd warmed up for the show. He was great at it. Then the next match would come on. Boom. Third match, you are starting to get a little bit more. You get the crowd lathered up. Now they're looking for the good stuff. See, Baltimore, we were spoiled. We always had one title match, one semifinal and then a, a hot tag match or a six man something of that nature and then a lot of times when the talent really got when the roster was really overflowing say like around 77 to 79 and then on because my book just covers the 70s it ends at 79 but i say the music died december 26 1983 when the Sheik beat back now i love Sheik, of course and he was good But then he was just carrying the belt over for Hogan. And then it was, you know, cartoon network time, and then things changed. And I'm not knocking anybody. And I make that clear in the book. I I respect everybody, no matter what they do, how they do it. Crawling in between those ropes, it's dangerous. But it just wasn't my cup of tea at that point. That was it. You can't follow Bruno San Martino as a champion all those years. And then, you know, Hulk Hogan, that was nice. I got caught up for a while, but remember this. the It wasn't just Hulk Hogan in 1984. Sergeant Slaughter was hot as a firecracker, and he, mm-hmm. with that chic feud, and then Nikolai coming in later, that also carried 1984. Piper as well, Piper with Snuka. you got to remember everything. Don't just say Hogan, but, you know, 84. They turned the corner. Who am I to argue with the great Vince? He's got more billions than me, so this guy knows his business. That's it. It had it had to change. <laughs> Our guys were getting older that we followed with that old format, and they took it in another direction. Absolutely.
4: Uh, Renee, why don't you come in here with them with whatever questions that you have? Because I know you you've been chopping at the uh, bit to ask the heat a bunch of uh, questions. No,
3: bro, you, have, you have no idea. No, no, you have no idea how excited I am. And, Nikita, you know, we, and we had an opportunity to talk off the air for a little while with our mutual friend, Steve. Uh, and we got yes. some exciting things Great coming Steve up. Great uh, yes. Steve of yes. Yeah, you know, Steve Joyner is the man. Uh, he, he's a guy out in L.A. who's really making some big things happen uh, for all of his clients. And uh, that's how Nikita and, I, and the rest of the podcast got hooked up. But I'll tell you what, we do do immediate reaction here on the show. And uh, the Iron Sheik is listening in the heat, if you can believe it or not, and he actually sent a short voice clip uh, when we asked him what he thought about what you just said. Uh, Let's go ahead and play the Iron Sheik clip.
0: Fucking (laughs) bullshit! I love it. Oh, my God. I love love it. it.
3: That's Oh, that's good shit, good shit, good shit. Shout out to my man, uh, Matt Stockdale, MWE uh, Continent Champion. Thank you for being here and checking us out. Uh, but, Nikita, uh, let me start off by saying this, and, and, you know, I'm usually the excitable guy. I'm the one that's always cracking jokes. Uh, everybody knows that about me here on the show. Uh, but i got to go good. and start off with this, man. So, Pedro Morales. Pedro Morales. Um, um, there's, a, there's a reason that you've had... Uh, Alberto Perillo, Rey Mysterio, and Friday Stealing Almas, Selena Vega, all on Monday Night Raw this week. Uh, there okay. are certain guys that opened up the door for us, us Latinos in the pro wrestling world, and, and you, Nikita, got to see that firsthand um, in your era. And now we're seeing things really like the door, you know, Kobe Lopez, aka Seth Rollins. Uh, one of the hottest wrestlers in the world, also Latino. Can you talk to us about your experiences uh, with Pedro Morales and and maybe even some of the other Hispanic wrestlers that you had an opportunity to work with in your time?
2: Sure. Now, don't forget, before Pedro, Victor Rivera was a hot item Latino-wise in the WWWF. Now, Victor was international tag team champion, with uh, Tony Marino, that's who the Mongols beat. When uh, Nikolai first came in, him and Beppo Mongol, they were uh, Guido Mongol. Nikolai was Beppo, uh, and uh, that Newton Tattery was his other wrestling name. So when they came in, that's when they beat Rivera. And see, in my opinion, Rivera, I think he got passed over. And I think it hurt him. A lot of people over the years have said different things about Victor Rivera, but when Pedro Morales was actually United States champion when he beat Ivan Koloff all the way back in 1971. And I don't know – obviously, I come from another world with the police department where if I don't have the facts, then I I keep my mouth shut. So I don't know what went (laughs) on, why they didn't give the belt to Victor, because Victor was hot. He was popular. I know he came back as a heel in 78. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, he was a top babyface draw. But it was like they brought in Morales, they did it great, where it was a little bit strange. Koloff beats Bruno. Then the next month, they bring in Pedro to face Koloff. It's like, why come Bruno's not getting a return match? Well, they kind of covered that. They said Bruno got shoulder separation in Pittsburgh a few days before the title loss because George Steele hit him with a chair. So it's like, okay, that covers that. Bruno was just tired, you know, he needed a break And injuries needed to heal, so good They give it to Pedro, boom But then Ivan Kolov doesn't get a return match So that was strange <clears throat> Blackjack Mulligan gets the next match So, yeah, you know, with Pedro He was, I, in my opinion, the greatest intercontinental champion Because heavyweight champion, sure You know, he was great with that as well then uh, Mil Mascaris came in and don't forget spoiler wasn't allowed to wear his mask. Don, Don Jardine, nobody else could wear El Olimpico. Uh, he was Hispanic yeah. guy. But he wasn't on the same level as Mascaris. So they said, nah, you take that shit off. So, uh, Olympico <laughs> would wrestle with a hood with no face, which was kind of stupid. It just take it off. But okay. I guess they figured, you'd know it was El Olympico. So anyway, when Mascaris hit the garden in 1972, They said, that's it. You know, we're going to, I don't know, I guess they probably paid off the New York State Athletic Commission because it was actually uh, city law. No one could be in public wearing a mask. It wasn't just the State Athletic Commission's bullshit, who I always hated because I thought they were nothing but money-taking bastards.
1: And they
3: they still are. And and let me tell you something. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Nothing has changed. Listen, just real quick, Nikita, because I think you'll appreciate this. So, I live in Kansas City. I live on the Kansas side, which has no regulation. And then Missouri is kind of where my job is, and and I live right on the border of a state line. And you would not believe how insane it is for guys that live one mile from the border to wrestle in the state of Missouri versus wrestling in the state of Kansas. It, It is nothing more than an arbitrary money grab by the government, that's always been my opinion But please carry on Because you've dealt with it to a much higher level Especially with uh, with the New York State Athletic Commission I can only imagine the hoops that you guys had to jump through
2: Okay, now we're going to be a little bit over the board But we'll get back And this is a good topic Because I touch on that in the book And here's where you're absolutely positively correct Those son of a bitches And you can actually even see it when a lot of the old broadcasts from the Garden, they would grab like Freddie Blassie. And I mean grab him to the point where he almost falls. And it's like,
0: what the hell is
2: that? And Lou as well, sometimes they grab him by the arm and take him off. You know, that wasn't part of the show. Those bastards would flex their muscles because they acted like pompous asses. Now, I had a experience with a kid in Las Vegas. This goes back to, I'm going to say, about the year 2000. And he was going to put on a hell of a show at the Lexor, which is a big, uh, one of the big gimmicks there, big hotels. So he had me doing a lot of the booking. So, you know, we're rolling. This is great. I'm booking, of course, Nikolai Sheik, Tony Atlas, all the Superflies, Bundy, all the names, right? Every, they're going to have a hell of a show. So I'm talking to the kid about a month before the show. I said, hey, you're paying for all the licenses, right? He's like, what licenses? I said, oh, God. Okay, so I said, call the State Athletic Commission. <laughs> call them, like, hang, hang up right fucking now and call them, okay? So he calls, calls me back in tears. Oh, Nikita, can you call them? And it's like, why, what's the matter? He's, I need a promoter's license. I need $50,000. I was like, I right, yeah, I'll call him, but I'm not going to do any good. So I call, and the athletic commissioner says, look, we got the mafia out here. We got boxing. Anybody that's going to do wrestling, he said, I know what wrestling is, but it still falls under that. Five-month investigation, they got to post a $50,000 bond. I said, this kid ain't got $50. This is done. So that show died on the vine. Baltimore, I experienced it many times. Oh, no fighting outside the ring. Uh, Nobody picks up a chair. No blood. It's like, well, what the hell does Vince do when he comes to town? He does all that shit. Why do you think he, he gets away with it? Your guess is as good as mine, but I guess it's got to do with those pictures of dead presidents, you know? I mean, what the hell? <laughs> uh, if they're still in business today or not, I don't know. I, I, you know, in some states they are, some states they aren't. But New York would drive you crazy. One guy followed me around one night. He said, you know, managers don't touch. I said, okay, fine. You had to have a license. Just for the people out there to know, there's another reason I call it true fiction, Wrestlers had to be licensed. They took your blood pressure. Of course, a doctor, you had to pay the fees. The managers had to be licensed. If you just walk somebody to the ring, you had to be a second. You had to get a second SDCOND license, which means you were eligible to have your feet touch that ringside area. And then, again, you know, touching is allowed by the managers or the seconds. And it's like, you know, I got letters over the years. From New York State Athletic Commission about not throwing fights. I call up and say, hey, guys, this is wrestling. What do you say? Don't worry about that. That's for the boxing. We know what you're doing. It's like, well, then why would you send me this letter? You know, it's like, well, you know, because you're a registered manager and we got to do it. It's like, you know, I, I, I liken this to like the police going down to the local opera house. Because there's going to be Shakespeare, and they hear somebody's going to be stabbed. You know, one of those gimmicks that they do with Shakespeare. It's like, so what are you going to have Ambo standing by and police to make sure the knife isn't real? It's like it's bullshit, man. But it makes them
0: money. You know? Come
2: on.
3: Oh my god. And I've become Joe. friends
2: with some of them over the years, but uh, I well, don't you think they're approaches. Yeah,
3: some no, them, you're, I, I you're you, right, you, right. Well, Joe. Hey Joe, why don't you jump back in here, man? See if you can get us back on track, man. Because that that was a that was a historic rant right there uh, by our man Nikita. Go go ahead, Jonesy. What do you got, brother?
2: Hit hey, me, Joe. Oh,
4: absolutely. Um, you know, now you have you you were a uh, a, a manager for in for professional wrestling, if I'm not mistaken, correct?
2: Ninety percent of the time, yes, I did wrestle with Nikolai's tag okay. team as well, but mostly managing. Yes.
4: So, what I wanted to ask is, why do you think that managing has, especially in like like the uh, main leagues leagues now, you know, like the, w, the, the, the WWE, you don't see very yeah. many managers anymore. Like you used to to see, you know like Bobby the Brain Heat and Mr. Fuji, uh, Classy Freddy yes. blassy, uh, you know. But now you very, very rarely see a manager. Why do you think that that has happened?
2: i was going to explain it like this, Joe. You can't argue with an idiot. You can't make a woman happy, and you can't. Exchange. <laughs> you can't change a promoter's mind. A promoter's mind is that's it. He knows everything or she. They all they know everything from the minute you wake up, and that's it. I had a guy when I was at Cauliflower Alley this year. Uh, he was a big, one of the big time promoters. He sold his business. He's out of it. He came up to me because I, I worked with the great Jesse Bell, Tracy Smothers' daughter. Um, beautiful mm-hmm. girl, excellent hey, wrestler, wait, old the- school.
3: She's with WOW, right? She's with And wow she is Women with WOW as
2: Jesse Jones there.
3: Jesse yes, Jones absolutely. There.
2: So I'm in my full gimmick, so this guy comes up and he says, Nikita, I want to ask you a question. I said, go ahead. He said, why in the hell aren't you working with that gimmick with Trump and Russia on the news every day? I said, Bill, because they're idiots. They they want to do – got a guy running around, grabs his dick in the ring. Uh, I mean they think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> they do, do all this other silly shit. These matches they look the same. I don't get it. I said this is a you give me anybody and I'll go out there and we'll deliver that baby. It's just the mindset, Joe. If the WWE doesn't do it, nobody does it. They are the leader, so they really don't do the managing anymore. And I don't know why. I mean it is a lost art. They've got people that you can actually bring in I mean, they got Rick Flair, right? I mean he'd be a great manager. They got him on the car, a couple other people that they could just bring back and say, here, do this, you do that. Boom. It's easy. But for whatever reason, they think it's dinosaur era. And that's why my Russian gimmick, it's kind of like, you know, that was 80s. It's like, no. They said that ship is sailed. No. The ship comes back to port, dummy. When it The works. time is right. The time is right. That's it, you know? But – so right. They're just so damn narrow minded, you can't change their mind. I would definitely.
4: What do you got, Joe? Hit definitely. It. I would definitely, definitely, definitely uh, agree. Um, I want to jump in uh, with, with the uh, book that, that you wrote. You wrote a book called When It Was Real. Um, can you yeah. tell us exactly what this book is about and what? The readers and, and the listeners that wanted to pick up this book are going to find in this book.
2: The book covers, and it was really well described by Wrestle Eat or Eat Sleep and Wrestle. Greg Oliver said okay. it was a love song to the WWWF covering the seventies, and if that's about it, correct because what I did was. I just had that in my mind for years. Now, see, I'll give you the background. I was severely abused as a child. My father was a drunk bastard, beat the shit out of me, called me horrible names Same. all the time. Same. And what I turned to? Wrestling. Who saved me? Wrestling. So when I got into their world, they all, instead of saying, hey, that's tough shit, pal. You, you know, you'll figure it out yourself. They took care of me. And, I mean, working with Nikolai all the time, of course, he's working main events. I'm working with the legends, and nobody ever acted like an ass. They were like my surrogate fathers. They all treated me wonderfully. So it was like, you know, this is my payback to them. Because Scott Thiel, who is the publisher and the editor, Scott told me right out of the gate, he said, if you're doing this to make money, forget it. Because people don't spend money on wrestling books. They all want everything for free. He said, if you want to do it for the passion, I'll follow you, and we'll do this, which is what we did. So what the book tells you is from beginning to end, starting in 1970, and see, it took me a long time to find somebody that would publish it, because most people thought that it was another This Day in History book. It's like, no, it's not that. This is how we saw it as fans, the things that were evolving the title changes that we've already discussed when Spiros Arion turned on the chief and Bruno the same night, man, the world stopped. In fact, Evan Ginsberg from the movie, the wrestler and his movies, the wrestling then and now in his old newsletter, he said his father was a cab driver. The first night Bruno wrestled Arion in the garden, all the cabbies parked. They were inside watching the match. It mattered. This stuff touched our lives, man. You didn't just mm-hmm. turn off the television or walk out of the building. You talked about it. You, you couldn't wait to live till next month. Every month was Christmas. I put all of that feeling into the book. The book's not about me. It's about me as a fan. Uh, yeah, like maybe there's a few, you know, okay, I have referenced my – I worked with Bruno in like three or four matches when he was a referee. So, man, that's epic. I can actually talk about the guy, what he did, and then I got to know him. Strongbow became a very close friend over the – of course, Nikolai, like a brother, Sheik, people like that. And getting to know them, then I could tell you things, and no, nothing's revealed that was behind the curtain. I never thought that was anybody's business, and it, you know who's doing what, who, why they did it. But some of the angles that were done and how they were done, sure. You know, that's fine. I mean, now that everything's out in the open, but still nothing of a, a big, great revelation, just a little clarification on some things. It is entertaining. The thing that really got me that I didn't know Scott Teal was going to do, and when I received it, because I'm looking at the advertisement, I got the cards first, and it said, uh, okay, we got uh, 286 pages and 227 black and white images. I'm thinking, oh, shit. I gave Scott maybe 20 pictures. I'm like, I don't want some son of a bitch suing me because we used his picture. What's going on, Scott?
0: (laughs) So when I
2: got it, the images are newspaper clippings, which is what the old form of advertisement was. One inch in the paper, boom, you know, or a little bit bigger. But not for every show that we talk about, but a lot of them. You know, he's got it in there, but it all corresponds. And you can go right through. If you just want to read about 1973, you can go right to that. If you want to read it straight through, do that too. But with me as I was growing, I started out age 11 all the way up to 21. I went into the police academy in 79. Then the coverage really gets thick in 1977. I was 17 years old and I was going to the arenas, you know, on a monthly basis at that time and got an insiders track. I met a guy from New York, that came down to Baltimore to sell photos, a dollar a piece. I still have my collection. That's what I usually post daily because uh, I try to keep like a this day in history type of thing. And not just for the book, because the book doesn't touch the 80s, and I do love up to 83. So, you know, I, I post whatever happened on that day as much as I can. So, when this guy, this photographer, he starts to tell me different things that are going to happen, starting with Peter Maivia's heel turn. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That's No, nah, that, that's not going to happen. He's like, I'm telling you, watch for it. So I said, all right, so we'll see. He said, but keep your mouth shut because if you say anything to anybody, I'll never tell you another thing. So I said, all right, I ain't gonna say nothing. Sure enough, boom, a couple of weeks later, we're watching it on television. It's like, I don't believe it. Maivia turned on back on him and scolded him. And then two nights later, he turns on Strongbow, which was this day in 1978, wow. October 23rd, they wrestled the Lumberjack because they showed it on television, the heel turn that Saturday before. And Backlund wrestled Ernie Ladd, which was for Ernie Ladd, the big cat, who was a fantastic athlete in the NFL, AFL. He wrestled all three of the heel champions. Pedro, Bruno, and Bob Backlund, face champion. He wrestled all three of the face champions, and it's like, that's epic. And for each time, he kept the Grand Wizard as his manager. That's pretty damn impressive. And also that night, Bruno returned after being gone for about a year to take Superstar. So, look, you can't compare. That's why, you know, Evan Ginsberg, again, he was telling me about the Ring of Honor, and he said, man, these guys, they, they're, they're great workers. You should watch it. It's great wrestling. It's great. I said, Evan, I don't doubt you that they're great workers and that they can get out there and do it, but it, it doesn't mean anything to me. It's got to have substance. How the hell can I follow Bruno, Chief, and Backlund and all these other guys all these years? I can't give that up. It's like a, a spouse that dies. You know, it's like okay, you go out. You know, we're men. We're gonna do what we do. We get horny. All this shit. We gonna go find somebody else. But it's not you're not gonna have the same love that you had for somebody for twenty years. It's just not gonna be. It can't change, man. You can't let go of that. Well, well,
3: there's no that's way that mean. attachment. I, I think that's what keeps us hooked, Jonesy. Uh, even to today, yeah. uh, some of us being fans of the sport. For 20, 30, maybe even 40 years. I, I wanted to jump here and, and jump in here and ask you this question, Nikita. So, a lot of the time that you worked as a manager, uh, you guys got a lot of what what people would call today that consider themselves educated, uh, heel heat which means as a bad guy, you were genuinely despised. And, 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 and I think you believed in that philosophy so much that you went out and wrote a book about it when it was still real. So can you tell us maybe about one of those experiences um, about being the bad guy and how bad it got, uh, whether it was the type of heat you guys were getting from the other talent? or maybe even the fans, do you have any of those stories where you guys had to kind of sneak out of the back door because things were getting so hot there, uh, especially during the uh, mid-late uh, 70s?
2: Absolutely. Now, this goes back into the 90s. We were in Indiana, Pennsylvania. It was an ice skating rink. And see, a lot of people think, well, you'd only go to Madison Square Garden or the Spectrum. You know what? During the week when you're not having the big shows, you go to ice skating rinks and high schools and things like that. You got to pay the bills. So you, you perform yes. wherever. So we're we're doing this set up there, and uh, I didn't know it. I'm working, you know, ringside doing my my deal, and this guy, he's a green beret, and he's close enough. He doesn't touch me yet, but he says, "You know, you son of a bitch, I'm gonna be waiting for you at the end of the night." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, sit, sit down, stupid USA." Because I make you sorry your father met your mother. So sit down and shut up. So I'll be damned. We'll get ready to leave. Yes. There's this guy waiting outside, right? He's like, I'm going to fuck you up. Uh, he said, I, I don't respect that Russian flag, Soviet flag. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa!" Now I don't have no accent no nothing. I pull out my badge because I'm still active with the police department. I said, look, brother, I'm on your team. This is all entertainment. He's like, I don't believe it. I said, well, look at it. It's his lady's like, oh, God, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I was like, I know you didn't know. You weren't supposed to. That's great. You know, that's beautiful. You, you paid me a high compliment. You to kill me. That's wonderful, man. I had people stone me, throw shit at me. All the time. New York was always the worst. I still have stains on my Russian coat, my Russian hat, the shit that they threw. Now, one time it was Mother's Day we were doing a show up in Suffolk County, New York, with Kid USA, who was Mickey Rourke's stunt double in The Wrestler. And he he had his own career as a wrestler, Kid Armand Ciciri, Kid USA. And uh, we're doing the thing outside the ring. And before we start the match, it was, again, I tell you, Mother's Day. I said, oh, you people in New York, every day Mother's Day to you because you are nothing but mothers. And that was it. Then I just started the mini-riot. <laughs> and they... Wouldn't leave me be. Hitting me with everything. Another time, we were doing a match with Bundy in Philadelphia, and they were giving away these plastic horns, long horns. These bastard kids were smacking me with these horns. I'm like, man, you little son of a <laughs> bitch. I tell you, I can't hit the kid, but I like to grab the father. Just let you do it, you know? I'm like, damn, Sam. Look, Nikolai tells stories, too. He said, when he was the Mongol... When he was Beppo Mongol, he said sometimes they flatten all four tires. He said, We have to, him and the Sheik, when they were so hot in '84, he said they would sneak them out of the Madison Square Garden into the back of an ambulance. You know, they park four or five blocks away, drive them out of the building, nobody knows because they're waiting to murder them. They'll never show up because they snuck out. And then, you know, you get in your car and you go on your way. Again, it was believed and it had. Passion, you know, it's just like, hey, look, uh, they they talk about love. Yeah, look, love is love. That's lots of bullshit involved with that anyway. But you got to have passion or none of us would be here. you got to have sex. A has to be horny for B. The pole, the whole pole must go in the hole or none of us are going to be here. And love ain't going to get it done. you got to get the son of a bitch excited to do it. That's it. So, boom. If you don't have the passion, ain't happening. And today, do I think fans have passion? No. I, well, they like it, but do they carry on like we did? No. No, I no, no I don't think there's any heel that fears for his life. I, you know, the faces are, they're like laughed at. They enjoy them, but I don't know that they really, like a Bruno San Martino was loved. I'm talking loved. That man could have run for mayor or any kind of public office, and he would be elected all, the fact that he was a wrestler, period. And that's another thing. I go to different worlds, acting, go visit the doctor, go to the lawyer. When people hear about wrestling, everything else stops. That's what they want to talk about, wrestling from their childhood. Again, what mattered to them when it was real, if you will it ha it carries we all carry something of a wrestling memory within our lives. just beautiful
3: wow Jonesy, I'm taken back here, and you know we do a podcast for a reason. We're not guys that used to get caught speechless, and I kind of feel that way right now. um but you know what, Nikita, the contributions that guys like you made are really what opens the door to now having three major networks covering professional wrestling on a regular basis. So whether you love what's going on today or not, the doors that were open were because of the stuff that you guys were doing back in the 70s uh, and early 80s. And you know what? I know, for a matter of fact, uh, that we can keep this conversation going. So what we're going to do is what most people in show business do, and leave you guys wanting a little bit more. So, what we promise to do is to try to set up a round two with Nikita Veriznikoff to hear a few more of these stories. But for the time being, because we want to respect everybody's time, Nikita, I want to ask you a big favor. I know you're a very competitive individual, okay? Will you join yes. us for tonight's Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge? It's a little bit. Of a trivia challenge where you, the legendary Nikita Veriznikov will go one on one with me, the Night Owl, in a Wrestle Talk Podcast game show challenge. Will you join us, sir?
2: Hell yeah, I'll do it.
3: Let's do I it. Josie, you I know what to show. do, baby? Let's give it a shot. Let's get into tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast game show challenge.
2: What can I win? Seventies uh, <laughs> game show music. I love it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right,
0: ladies.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's installment of the world-famous Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our contestants are the night out Renee Martinez, and Nikita Brzeznikoff. In a few moments, I will ask you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer to the question, just shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls would win tonight's Game Show Challenge. Tonight's category is titled Pro Wrestling, the Next Generation. I will give you background information on three professional wrestlers who are second- or third-generation professional wrestlers. When you think you know what I'm talking about, just shout out your answer. For example, if I were to say this second-generation wrestler has made quite a name for himself in the the world of professional wrestling. He's won multiple championships in Global Force Wrestling, the the NWA, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Ohio Valley Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and the WWE. He has also followed in his late footsteps as the late becoming an executive vice president in all e wrestling. No. Dustin Dustin
3: Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes. No, no, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes.
4: Cody Rhodes. Cody, the answer it would be Cody Rhodes. So Renee would have gotten a, uh, a point for that. But you were very, very close. No, no, uh, Dustin Rhodes is the brother of, of Cody Rhodes. So yep. are you gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready, Nikita? Ready.
2: Born ready.
3: Let's Born go, ready. baby. Let's go. All right, I'm here we go. Two out of three falls right now against
2: the legend. Let's do this. All right. This professional
4: wrestling father was an accomplished professional wrestler and a promoter. His daughter is also an accomplished professional wrestler. The man is a two thousand and twelve WWE Hall of Famer and recently Re-Flair. returned Re-Flair. No. Nope. He returned to the recently he recently returned to the National stage as the manager slash advisor for Sean Spears. And AEW, think of...
0: Tully Blanchard.
4: Tully Blanchard is the answer. I was I was going to say, think of the tag team partner of Owen Anderson. So the night sure out has it. gotten one point. Okay. Wow. Here you go.
3: The <laughs> Russians are going down today. I'm telling you right now. The Russians are going down right now. This is Mexico Yeah, but never
2: tell the Russian out, we can buy the election. We can buy the contest.
3: <laughs> hey, déjame digo algo. Te voy a agarrar como el Chapo Guzmán. Uh, sí. okay. I
2: don't know. I said something
3: about El Chapo. I think, but let's go. Question number two. <laughs>
0: Question number
4: two. Oh my God, El
2: Chapo.
0: This professional wrestler <laughs> has
4: quite. This professional wrestler has quite a pedigree in the world of professional wrestling. Both of her brothers were professional wrestlers, and her father is a member of the NWA and Professional no Wrestling Hall. of Now, this female... No, no, is wait, 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 wait. Hey, wait, wait a minute.
3: Repeat the first one. Repeat the first clue. I missed
4: it. All right, this wrestler is, has quite a pedigree in the world of professional wrestling. Both of her brothers were professional wrestling, and her father is a member of the NWA... And multiple professional wrestling Hall of Fames. She's drawing close on encircling. Charlotte Flair is correct. Damn
2: so it! Nikita has. has I can't won believe it! I the got that. Night owl. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Damn it! And
2: I've been close on the other ones. So I, hey, you got to give the dinosaur credit. That's pretty good.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, you know what. It's all down to this last question. It's one versus one. Let's see. And hey, you know what? Time out. You know what? Because Nikita's been such a great guest, if Nikita wins, I will personally ship him a Wrestle Talk podcast mug. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. Wrestle Talk podcast mugs available at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. And Nikita, this isn't your average Walmart level glass. This is a high premium bar quality glass with our emblem on top. I will go ahead and send it to you if you're able to beat me in this challenge. Does that sound awesome or cool.
2: what? I'm a collector, so I would look and treasure it, believe me.
3: Let's do it, baby. I Question number it. three, I would let Let's put me, it phone. Yes, sir.
4: All
0: right. <laughs> Let's All, right ring All right, bring the bell.
4: This second-generation wrestler has won major championships in regional Professional wrestling promotions, but has never won a championship in a major professional wrestling promotion. He is known for his phenomenal finishing move, the DDT. Um, think of another clue that I could give you. Um, he would deal with Jake snakes. The snake. Jake Jake the the snake.
0: Snake. Snake is
1: product. Snake his, is correct. His father was.
2: And I can tell you, his father was Grizzly Smith, who was pretty damn good in his day. And Jake the Snake, that's right. He never won a title, you think about it. And one of the major belts, but he was always on top. So, yeah, Jake the Snake.
4: So, with that being said, I guess that Renee is going to have to to send a Wrestling Talk Podcast mug to Nikita, because Nikita, have you have won – the Restor Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. So here is your music for winning the, the uh, challenge.
0: DJ, hey. DJ. Hey. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. Hey! Yeah. Thank you, Oh my
4: goodness! Wow! wow. For sure it's what achieved, an
3: incredible. Let let me thank you guys something, man. That was an incredible, incredible challenge. I'm thinking right now about what an honor it was to talk to Nikita Borisnikov and Nikita. You know what? We want to do two things, man. Number one, we want to welcome you in as the newest member to the Wrestle Talk family. Hopefully, this is part one, chapter one of many, many other conversations. And number two, sir, can you please tell people more about your book and how they can follow you on social media?
2: Yes, thank you. The book can be purchased either
3: at crowbarpress.com,
2: C-R-O-W-B-A-R, all one word, crowbarpress.com, that's Scott Teal's site. That's the hard copy. Or they have the Kindle version on Amazon and kindle versions like 10 bucks it's nice and cheap but type in my name n-i-k-i-t-a-b-r-e-z-n-i-k-o-v for whatever reason it doesn't come up under the title it comes up under my name and also i'm on cameo now if you like any of the things i'm saying tonight i call you go on cameo you find me i say happy birthday merry christmas go to hell you Mother's a son of a bitch. Whatever message you want, boom. <laughs> they put it out there. You you the customer, I'll say as long as it's clean, nothing dirty. We don't they don't do any let you say any four letter words, nothing like that. So yeah, I do cameo. But Facebook is the best place to find me. I do the Twitter too, but I I'm an old timer, so Facebook, you send me friend requests. I'm not too big for anybody. I love talking wrestling. Please have me back. And listen, don't misunderstand. If wrestling's there for a kid today like it was for me when I needed it, I'm glad. More power to you. Follow it. Love it. It's all wrestling. So in my universe, that's great.
3: That, that is that is great, Joe. And but before I let you close this out, uh, Nikita, out of curiosity, if me or Joe or a member of the WrestleTalk family wanted to buy your book, Uh, would you be willing to sign it? We'll ship it to you, ship it back, or whatever it is. Would you be willing to sign the book?
2: Absolutely, yes. You take care of the shipping, I'll I'll sign it without a doubt, yes.
3: There you go, ladies and gentlemen. You ship it to the man, you ship it back to yourself, and the man will sign it absolutely free. Again, Nikita Beriznikov. That's Nikita Borisnikov on Facebook for more information. Thank you for being here, Joe. Why don't you go ahead and close this out? An absolutely incredible episode featuring uh, um, Kim Artlet of of of, um, of Ignite Wrestling, uh, the FWWC who joined us, the Lucha Lounge, and now, of course, with our very, very VIP second featured guest of the evening, Nikita Beriznikov. It's been fantastic. Joe, why don't you go ahead and close us out, man? Absolutely. Nikita, thank you for, for
4: taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to the show tonight. Thank you to Kim Artler for, for, for coming on to the show. It's been absolutely amazing. Uh you know, this is is why we do this podcast because of nights like this. Like this has been absolutely incredible. Kim was absolutely awesome and then Nikita yep. knocked it out of the freaking park. Nikita like that 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 baseball is still showing. Like it's it's like it's like the Red Time podcast <laughs> was just in the World Series and the Key to Kolov just hit a grand slam because that ball is still going. Oh my goodness, the stories that this gentleman could tell. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for spending time listening to us, uh, whether you watch this live or you're gonna listen to us on the replay. You guys have been absolutely amazing. Uh, that's about all I got to say. That's it. Hey,
3: new high spots theme coming next week, baby. Episode two hundred and seventy of the Wrestle Talk podcast. You know how we do business at Wrestle Talk Cast on all social media. Night Owl, Nightmare Jones, uh, Kim Art and Nikita Burzinikov signing off. We will see you guys next week right here at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Right now, again, twenty four seven at Wrestle Talk Podcast